Exactly. <laughs> All right. So we are going to talk about some exciting things. It's our first cast of 2019. Sorry all for the delay, but um, between scheduling, I wanted to have Glenwood on. And then also um, I had two weeks off from work and I wanted to enjoy it and uh, not record. <laughs> so I put uh, put off recording for a while, but we're back. Um Let's start off. Who who are you, Glenwood? Why why do we care? Why do you care? Uh, I don't know. I'm I'm, I'm nobody, man. Um, all right. So my name's Glenn Morris. I care. Oh, that's that's so sweet. Um, my name's Glenn Morris. I live in Raleigh. I've been in Raleigh for quite some time. Um, as far as gaming goes, I played War Machine, uh, Retribution of Skyra, primarily, uh, almost exclusively, actually. Um, and really, I played Ron and not Ron, uh, because Ron was who I dropped whenever I possibly could. Um, and 
and then I got into Guild Ball, say, two and a half years ago. And uh, for a year and a half, me and a buddy of mine, who uh, also plays in Rally Meta, we just played in each other's houses. And then we finally, about a year ago, came out and started uh, started playing in tournaments. And we started playing in tournaments and got, got engaged with like our local meta and community. And then I uh, started doing a little traveling and, uh, you know, gone to a couple of events this year. Uh, for 2018, that is. Did, did all right. And um, now I'm here. Nice. It was Spring Fling 2018 one of your first big, uh, like bigger events? Uh, it was. It was. Um, I had been to, I want to say two. I've been to two tournaments. It was probably my third tournament. It might have been my fourth. Um, but it was the fir- certainly the first big one. Um, nice. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it certainly we, showed out there. Definitely, yeah. We had a we had a good game there too. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, that that was definitely my phase of still being uh, a little too over, a little too eager with hammer on turn one. Uh, but season three masons were definitely a different story than season four. So, mm-hmm. yeah, and well, in season three, vet rate rage also a different story. <laughs> Very <laughs> much so. <laughs> All right. So, what are we going to talk about today? I'm going to tell us what we're going to talk about today. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about some recent games. Glenwood, you went to Second Wind, and you wanted to give like a little bit of an overview of that. Um, but then our main topic today is setting goals. Uh, you know, it's it's the obligatory post New Year. It's like everybody's doing resolutions. People are setting goals. And Let's bad talk at about. It. Yeah, and and bad at it, and well, and like everybody does it. it. The whole thing is everybody does it, but it's almost like a like a like a meme that like you know you do it and then you stop. Um, so I kind of wanted to talk about like be, because a lot of my job is is about helping people f- figure out goals and uh, achieve goals. So what like how do you how does this work in a go ball con uh con like context? How do we set goals why do we set goals what are some important things to do when setting goals like what gets in the way uh and then also you know of course we're going to talk about what are 2019 go ball goals if we uh have them and how do we plan on achieving them and then um chris will probably fall asleep as we answer the large number of listener questions that we got tonight so uh shout out already asleep just anytime <laughs> i talk huh all right so recent games let's start off chris have you played any games recently yes i've played um two back-to-back games against a local hunter player who uh i played against him with the navigators got one blowout and then one very close game that i lost blowout was in my favor and the one that I lost was after I unexpected arrivaled um, Hearn off the board with a double wrap. But I cheated, so, you know, I deserve that loss. Because I didn't realize right. that, you know, you, you could only double unexpected arrival seven inches, not eight. Um, yeah. I also played it second win, did some crap, but really just showed up to ruin Dan's fun by stealing best in rats from them. <laughs> Excellent. That's that's the best. A noble goal. I'm really happy that you did that. Sadly, you should have been playing Navigators. However, uh, oh, yeah. 
my <laughs> local meta completely dropped the ball. I had gotten the navigators in enough time to send them to Chris and was planning on just mailing them to him. But then, uh, you know, the guys from the Long Island meta were like, oh, like, you know, we can help out. Or I think there was a combination maybe of like, you were trying to, Chris, you were trying to figure out ways to get it to you. And you had like talked to them and they were like, yeah, we'd be down to help out. And then it kind of just petered out and they like waited too long during the week. And it was like, oh yeah, Mike, are you able to come to Long Island in the middle of the week? And I said, no, because I work a job and commuting an hour out on Long Island during rush hour is like a three hour commute. So I can't do that. Uh, And then, (laughs) well, so, and then they actually were flying out of LaGuardia airport, which is literally five minutes away from my apartment and couldn't, they couldn't come and pick up. They just couldn't because they were getting driven by one of their, one of the uh, guy's mothers. So, um, oh, oh man. yeah, I gotta say like I, was, oh. I woke up that Saturday because I, I was like, okay, if I got navigators, I'll head out Friday night and then like go have some fun, do whatever. If I don't have navigators, I'll, I'll think about it and head and maybe head out Saturday. And I woke up at 5 a.m. on that Saturday. I'm like, well, I've not got navigators. Do I really even want to go? And just that drive to push Dan away from his automatic win of rat catchers. So it really drove me it fueled you. literally yeah, it fueled to you. the event. You were fueled by spite. Uh, <laughs> if, if I'm not going to have fun, no one is. I, or at least not Dan. Yeah, I, I feel I feel like a guy on Long Island saying I'm going to help you out is some kind of trope. Like I'm not, I can't identify where that trope is, but I, it just feels it feels very tropey. Yeah, certainly. Um, anyway, so I played some recent games. I'll go through them. I've basically been hopping crazily around guilds, and I have at this point played every single guild bar Falconers in season four. Um, and have played a couple of different local tournaments with, played one with butchers, played one with farmers, um, and uh, was trying to figure out what I wanted to play. Um, there were some obvious answers like hunters are great, but I, I I felt the big snowflake urge, so I've been trying to find something a little bit less uh, in your face obvious. So uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that for my 2019 goals. But uh, yeah, I've been just playing a bunch of uh, games and events and different teams and stuff like that. Um, and then uh, Glenwood. Yeah. You also were at Second Wind and uh, you did not just play to spite <laughs> no, Dan White. No, no I didn't. Um... Although I do hope you also played to spite Dan White in some way. Uh, no, I, I, that's not that's not me. Uh, I don't I don't I don't play out of spite. Um, I, I will occasionally make jokes, uh, but no. Um, uh, I, that's I, getting I, edited out. Yeah, I go for uh, <laughs> oh, the, the, the me being nice part. You're gonna have a lot of editing. Um, no, I I, uh, I mean I, I go to tournaments to to compete and to more than anything like play a clean uh, and hopefully respectful and enjoyable game. Um, so like mm-hmm. I try to give that mm-hmm. to my opponents and I hope they give that to me in return. Um, and, uh, I, I got that. Um, uh, second win was an incredibly well-run tournament, uh, super like big shout out and props to Vince and Pat. Uh, they did an absolutely excellent job in running the whole thing. Um, 
but yeah, so I, uh, I should also shout out to Pat and Bots for uh, letting me sleep on their couch. Uh, that was kind of the deal. I was like, I can play f- pay for the plane ticket, but I don't want to also have to pay for a hotel. So uh, they put me up, which is very kind. Um, so yeah, uh, I let's see. I'm gonna I'm gonna go through the rounds, but not. I'm not gonna talk about my game. I want to talk about the matchup between Masons and who I faced. Because um, I think I think maybe there's there's something interesting in that part. Uh, I will mention who I played though. I played uh, a lot of Dungeoners uh, on on the second one run. Uh, so I started uh, round one uh, in the basement uh, with uh, Jacob Freelinger. Uh, he was playing fish. He was playing uh, sumo corsair. Um, for me, you have to play hammer into this because you do never want to play honor into corsair, and so you just always have to pick hammer, um, which is you know what I did all week anyway. But um, it's for for me this seems seems like forced in the hammer, and basically just don't go into them. Uh, I pushed in, in this case. Uh, I did play snakeskin. I do think snakeskin is the default sixth sixth player for hammer. Um, she is beautiful. That is important. Um, when Corsair walks up, you know, within range to drag any other model and then tries to drag her when you kicked off with her, that's a real bad time. Uh, happens a lot. Uh, I don't hide that from people. In fact, like, I showed, showed him my card because he asked to see it and he didn't catch it. Uh, so, uh, you know, once he tried to buy the attack, it's like, sorry, that's not a legal target. You know, they don't have any other targets, so Corsair's activation is over. Um, so that's a thing you need to watch out for with her. I think Beautiful's probably the strongest ability on her card, but her being tack 5 and having a momentous dodge on 1 is the other big reason I pick her over Flint. Um, Wait, quick question. Mm-hmm. Does his legendary play not get around Beautiful? What is it does. What is his legendary play? His legendary play is enemy models within a six inch pulse suffer a six inch push directly towards this model. He's not targeting her. Okay, I'm glad my opponent did not realize he could use that at that time. Yeah, I think he just <laughs> has to burn the legendary. <laughs> then... uh, well, I, there you go. And I will say, like, it has been a while since these games, so like the results are thankfully recorded. But I may, yeah, yeah. I may get some details wrong, and I do apologize to any of my opponents if I do that. Um, you were all great. No worries. I just wanted to make games. sure that. We like didn't make fish players like think like oh, they have is, no options. This is no if option. Yeah, kicks off it. yeah. I, <laughs> you you can legendary and then drag her in. Yeah, it's up to you whether that's worth it. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I can't. I can't. That day's a blur. Um. So anyway, anyway, uh, it was a very continuing. Yeah, it was a very long game, uh, and I think this is a very grindy game because you have to be extremely careful not to get um you know your team sucked in, and they're gonna get one or two, and you you'll have to realize when. You know, somebody's got to go. You just got to let them go. Stop fighting it. But um, uh, I think you just kind of grind them out, just like prison normally does. Um, round two was Kevin Stewart, uh, proprietor of the dungeon. Um, got some chuckles about this matchup in uh, in the dungeon as it got paired. But um, Kevin's a great, great guy, and uh, we had a great match. Alchemists are... I think a lot of people consider Alchemists advantaged over Masons. And I think there's um, there's too many games that go on in the, within this mashup. Uh, on the Mason side, there's a mini game of get into their deployment zone as fast as you can because they're never going to come over to you, um, and you don't have any guns, so you've got to get over there. Uh, so in this case, I did not, I did like rush my guys, but I did not 
legendary turn one, and I think you actually should. Uh, I think you should hammer time turn mm-hmm. one. Everybody takes a speed buff. Everybody just goes. Um, because they need, like, unlike butchers who will eat you if you go over there, um, like, alchemists take time. They've got to do the damage over time. And if they have to take time to take your guys out, then you have time to, to hit them on turn two. Um, anyway, uh, the other mini game is the alchemist player has to be able to kill that harmony. And if the alchemist player can't kill that harmony, their chances of winning drop seriously, seriously low. Uh, just her ability with, uh, field medic to heal everybody's conditions, her ability to damage soak, it makes it very, very hard for them. Um, yeah, I feel like if she ever gets to attack and do damage, it's pretty bad. Yeah, it, it is. And and with Vetcha, and I, I should say my standard team is, uh, I think most people know it, but like it's Hammer, Wrecker, Vet Chisel, uh, Granite, Vet Harmony, and Flex on the sixth. But uh, while I did play Flint and Snake Skin over Second Wind, I do think the correct answer is almost always just Snake Skin. Um, so. Uh, yeah, won that one. Uh, round three, I got uh, Adam Feed, so the one international participant of Second Wind from Sweden. Um, uh, he played Farmers into into Masons, uh, and he played the Nine Influence team. Uh, so the Thresher team with you know Fallow and Wendell, uh, Jack Straw, um, Plowman, and Peck, and that everybody. Yeah, that's, that's it. it. Yeah, okay. Yeah. He played that. Um, if you were playing this into Masons, you need to be very careful. Uh, because Wrecker has a 10-inch sprint, and it costs one influence for me to run over a lot of Harvest Markers. And to bump people away from Harvest Markers so they don't activate within four inches of them. And I was able to do that. So that's one problem you've got as a Farmers player in this matchup. The second problem you've got as a Farmers player in this matchup is the is the prison bubble. Um, if you go attack granite, which is generally the only good option you've got presented to you, um, harmonies within four, she soaks the damage. That triggers between a rock. Granite can walk away. If she declared a counter, she'll basically just walk to the edge of your melee, do her counterattack, attack six, and push you out. Which is exactly what happened to Wendell the first time he came in, and that was uh, the first time Adam had ever seen that. So, especially if you're not prepared for it, uh, that can be just devastating to your turn. Because you just, like, there, well, there's your stack gone, you got one attack, you thought you were going to get all these berserk attacks and everything, and it's just, like, pretty much your activation's over. Um, so, uh, farmers players, watch out. Uh, I don't think that's necessarily the list you want to bring uh, Freckers on the other side of the table. Uh, round four was the mirror. Uh, it was kind of like at that point we had realized there was you know so many butchers uh, and masons in the top eight. It was like four butchers and two masons and uh, um, a mortician and somebody else. I think maybe it was three masons in the top. Anyway, it was it was a lot of those. Um, uh, this is Mark Mortieri. Uh, he was playing hammer, same list I was playing, uh, and. We, he, he had said, you know, he was playing Flint all day. And we kind of got, like, it was like a joke at the time where it was like, oh, this is like, this is this is Fox, no items, final destination. Like, this is like the smash, <laughs> this is the smash ditto. You know, it's like, which is, which is of course, you know, the smash tryhard, like, oh, I'm better than you and I'll prove it because we'll say everything is equal and then I'll just beat you. Um, and so I kind of mm-hmm. got like, like, oh, that's like such an interesting thing. That's like such a funny thing that I'll just do it. You know, I'll just do the exact mirror. 
And later on, I was thinking about it, and I was like, that's exactly wrong. Like, Snakeskin's so much better than Flint here. Um, just, like, she's she's beautiful, which, yeah, isn't good against, like, Granite, but it's good against Hammer. Um, and, uh, I don't know, I just feel like, like... Wait, 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 wait. Charmed Male is good against Sorry, Hammer. sorry, not beautiful. Beautiful is... Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful sorry, sorry, you're Charmed Male. I, you're right, I, I called the wrong one. So, so Charmed Male's good against Hammer. Um, Poison is just, in general, good. I mean, they do have that harmony, too, so maybe it's not that great. Um, but I just, I don't know, Flint didn't do anything for me, and I felt like, you know, Snakeskin does a little more flex into damage than Flint does. Um, sure. But, you know, if you got Vet Chisel, you don't have to worry about flex. You can just move the influence. You don't have to... Uh, worry about what's you know what's Flint going to do with a four stack if the ball goes away? Well, she'll just move it to that harmony. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, so that that game I kicked. I felt I had lost that game until the very end. Um, I, I, towards the end, I could see I had a significant clock advantage. Um, if you don't have the ball, I think it's sometimes easier to have a clock advantage. Uh, he went in with hammer uh, to try to get both that harmony and Flint in one activation and did not get both of them. He only got Flint. And then my hammer ate his hammer. And at that point, he had lost his hammer. I think it was like, it was like six, six, eight, maybe at that point. And his hammer is, you know, not going to be able to get back to the scrum on the next turn. He's almost completely out of time. Um, you know, my hammer immediately eats one of his, you know, other models, first activation kind of thing. He, he just conceded. He's like, there's no way I can get the extra points at this, at this point. Um, so, uh, you know, that was that was that round. Uh, day two, Ryan Vega. Um, so in Snakeskin, when you have to go into, uh, when Masons have to kick into Butchers, and I had to kick into both Butchers opponents that I had, um, it's terrible. This is like, this is like, I think, one of the worst matchups for Masons. Scalpel may be worse, but like, when Masons have to kick into Butchers, it's really, really bad. Because they have guns, thanks to the axe. And you yeah. and you don't. You don't have any guns. <laughs> and uh, they have the ball. And so, like, with Masons, you're generally, like, I, as long as I can generate some momentum, I can just heal up. You know, I can I can ablate the damage across my team with, with Harmony and Chisel. And I can just kind of heal up. But if I don't have the ball, I can't even generate momentum. I've got to go into them, and they can hit so hard with Ox. That if you right. send anybody over there, they're just going to get eaten. So you have to like do all this like <laughs> cagey stuff to manage the engagement, um, and because of tenderizer, that makes it extra hard, of course. So in this case, I kicked with snakeskin. He, um, I think Ryan was maybe a little greedy. He had ox in cover under tenderizer protection, like for counter charge, and so he thought that was a safe place to put the ball. And I think normally. One would say that is a safe place to put the ball. Um, but, you know, I realizing what the situation was and that risks had to be taken, uh, I nimbled up on Snakeskin and charged Ox. And Tenderizer char- countercharged. And Tenderizer countercharged a Snakeskin, nimble, in cover, and got no hits. So Snakeskin did three, <laughs> three momentous damage to Ox. And then Snakeskin did a uh, momentous tackle on Ox. And then we went to the next turn, and I won the initiative. And I, like, you know, 
where they goed over to Brisket, bought an attack on Brisket, got a momentous dodge off of her uh, to put me in range of the goal, took my shot. Oh, like, nimbled up, took my shot, and I think mm-hmm. dodged toward the goal. So it's just like, okay, I'll just cash this in right now. This will be a fine place. You'll, you'll eat snakeskin. That's fine. <coughs> and it actually took him a while to eat snakeskin because I dodged back towards the goal and he had to turn boiler around uh, and go back after her, which was a big benefit because I kind of split his forces. Um, anyway, uh, I don't have tips here because, like, in the next round against Alex Spots, I did the exact same kind of thing, or at least tried to, but did not have the good setup. The terrain situation wasn't quite as good for me. Um, Bots is a very good player uh, and puts down a lot of clock pressure. Uh, and yeah, I just uh, didn't get there. Um, he 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 kept the ball uh, a little bit safer. He also ran vet gutter instead of instead of um, obrisket, and uh, vet gutter's a problem uh, for me. Uh, and uh, uh, yeah, I that I, I got a little. I think I got a little flustered that matchup. Things were definitely going poorly, and I knew it. Um, I, I, I hate how much that matchup relies on the kickoff roll. Um, right. And uh, at one point, I was in a situation where, like, I had two momentum, and if I didn't spend it to stand up hammer, he was just going to die. And I was like, okay, I'll spend it to stand him up because he's got a full stack. And I had completely forgotten that I had the like come on me, like gameplay card. Oh, like and, and that was that was well down. Hate to see. Yeah, it. hate to see it, man. <laughs> hate to see it. Like I was well down at this point, but it was like that was like really put the last nail in the coffin. Um, and then of course he like knocked Hammer down again, and Hammer's got a full stack, and so and I've got no momentum, and like he's doing a really good job of negating any other ways I have of generating momentum. And it's just like ah, oh. whenever you spin down to zero in Masons. I think with any guild, but especially Masons, like you're, oof. you spend down this dangerous territory. It is yeah. Really dangerous territory. The number of branches of your decision tree your opponent can clip are are pretty enormous. Um, but anyway, it was it was a really good match. Uh, ended up coming in second, um, which was far Ooh. far better than I expected. I think uh, going up there, I didn't really have a lot of expectations. You know, I just wanted to go play good games. Uh, and I, I got good games and also did well. <coughs> so, yeah, came in second. And then, uh, right after they did awards, me and Adam Feed hopped in a, uh, lift so we could get to the airport in time for our flights <laughs> and, uh, nice. and flew back. Uh, awesome. Yeah. So that, that was that. And, um, yeah, you know, since then, just, just games, games at my local game store. Um, how does it feel to be considered, uh, you know the your your hammer love has finally brought you into the limelight, and you are now officially the the, the hammer guru. Um, I I don't know. It feels it feels good. It's kind of it's really funny. Like I I got into playing tournaments. This is so weird. Um, because like I've I feel like I've changed a lot as a person in the last like like year year and a half. Um, but like I got into playing guild ball like in tournaments and stuff because I felt like people on podcasts were wrong. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Do you want to talk about our first interaction? <laughs> yeah, it uh, wasn't really the best, uh, and that's that's really more me than uh, anything else. But um, I had some I had some strong opinions about uh, Honor versus Hammer and how good I felt Hammer was. And, I mean, this, this was, I was not alone. Like, Christian Metz was clearly doing well with him uh, over, over yeah. in Germany. 
I, it's funny because I just don't think we were disagreeing. I just liked honor more, and you're like, yeah, no, I, I, it's it's weird. Like, so I'm 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 kind of I'm kind of too old to really be having these kind of like like it's like feels like like realizations uh, that you should have had at a younger age, maybe. But like, it just doesn't matter if people have different opinions, you know? Like like it does like unless their opinion is like you don't deserve to exist. Then, if somebody else has a different opinion about like what's good, so what? You know, they can yeah. they can have it. Doesn't matter. Um, it's not your job to like be the arbiter of like what's true and like what you know people people accept as conventional wisdom or, or the consensus. Tm. Uh, like so. Uh, All I, right. Speak for <laughs> yourself. That's how this podcast gets funded and makes me negative two hundred dollars, negative one hundred dollars a year. Consensus Corp. <laughs> <laughs> Sponsors of no. Um, so yeah, that, that was we should get a sponsor. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I, I think that that's been a big a big thing for me. Um, I, I work in a field that's uh, very subjective. And so sometimes it feels like you have to like, or it, for a long time in my career, it felt like, oh, I got to dig in my heels. You got to just kind of argue more because it's so subjective. It's hard to get like, you know, like facts. So you just kind of have to argue your position. Okay, wait, this, this is, this is something I should know, but I forget. Right. And if you don't want to put it on the podcast, we'll either edit it out That's or fine. just don't answer me. Right. But what is your field again? Because I feel like when somebody says their field is more subjective mm-hmm. than mine, I, or like just more, just really subjective. I automatically get like defense, and I was like, "Not more subjective than mine." <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm not going to uh, have a subjective off here, but um, I uh, I am a designer uh, specifically. Oh, I'm, okay. I'm a yeah, U- yeah, UX designer and information architect, and I work on enterprise software. Uh, and and I won't say that my field is entirely subjective, but di- design. No, is, that sounds design very subjective is heavily to me. subjective. <laughs> um, sure. And and ev- it's a thing everybody thinks. Uh, they can do and i do agree that everybody can do but to varying degrees of you know effectiveness um and so like both all right yeah yeah so that's a lot of rambling that's a lot of words but um but yeah no that's what we brought you on here for words you gotta somebody's gotta talk when when chris doesn't okay all right all right so let's (laughs) talk about our main topic setting goals it's 2019 we're all making resolutions some of you may have already went to the gym and stopped going to the gym by now it's (laughs) Already eleven days in. Yeah, like we're almost two weeks in. That's like I haven't even made it yet. <laughs> the gym is back to the being the dead zone now. <laughs> All right, so setting goals. Why? Why do we set goals? But I want to like kind of focus this in on why we would set goals for Gilball. But if you want to talk a little bit more broadly, by all means, let's let's start. Yeah, off. Who I wants gotta, to answer I, that. I got me? a question actually already. You have um, a question? Okay, go ahead. Yeah. Um, so last year I set goals for myself in Guild Ball, and did you guys set any goals? I did set a goal for myself, yeah. Did you make it? Uh, no, but I don't, I think my goal was pretty, lo- my goal was to qualify for Worlds. Oh, uh, okay, so, yeah, that's, that's a pretty lofty goal there. Yeah, and uh, I, and I, I don't think I was too far off of that, so I, I feel like I made a good run for my goal. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Uh, how about you, Glenn? Um, no, no, I did not set any Guild Ball related goals last year. Uh, I, I mean, other than a general, just like I'm going to go out and play, get good, get good. Kind of, I, I, I think I know what I'm doing. Let me try to show folks that I do. You know, that kind of thing. So maybe this kind of generalized 
get some numbers to back up my opinions might have been like say my goal, but like other than mm-hmm. that, no. Awesome. All right. Well, mine was I made one of the two. I might have had a third one, but I forgot it. Um, <laughs> that is not a good way to have a goal. If you that's can't that's the best way to have a goal because you have an out. So, like, if you don't make it, then who cares? Because it doesn't really exist if you don't remember it. Me- meeting goals for so, <laughs> information entropy. Love it. <laughs> so, my 2017 goal was to win a, a less than 16 player event or go uh, 4 and 1 at another event, you know? So, mm-hmm. I decided, and I reached both of those uh, in 2017. So I stepped it up by one step in uh, 2018 to be win a 16-player event and uh, to go five and one in another event. Oh snap! I, you did that. I did the five and one at Spring Fling, but I did not win a 16-player event. Did you go to a lot of 16-player events? I don't remember. Um, I don't. I don't feel like you did. I don't think there's a ton by you. Is there? <laughs> I mean, I'll check on Longshanks in a sideways anyway. way, but it's not important right now. I sure. came in so, second a de- de- decent number of times or somewhere You close definitely to that. seem like you made good runs towards it, for sure. Yep, at least in the first half of the year. <laughs> and then I snowballed down. But anyway, <laughs> on to this year's goals and stuff that you were going to segue into before I rudely interrupted with my past questions. No worries. All right. So why? Why do we set goals? Why are you, are they important? How? Why uh, can they be helpful for um, you know maybe focusing it on guild ball a little bit more? But uh, I want to throw it to you, Glenwood. First, if you have any thoughts on this goals, yeah. Okay. So goals, man. I got thoughts on goals. Um. So I, I think we set goals just because like they're. I mean, they're a vision of the future. You know, they're, they're, you're picturing a future in which the things that you want are true. And so we set goals because we want better things for ourselves. Um, and, you know, that's we say, okay, well, what's, what's the thing I want for myself? Well, that's my goal. Okay, how am I going to get there? Um, and how am I going to get there part is the part where we usually fall down. And there's some other areas where we fall down too, but I think we're going to probably talk about those in a minute, so I won't jump ahead. Um but but I think that's that's why we set goals is we want we want a better version of ourselves or a better version of the world around us. Mm-hmm. Chris, any additional anything to add on to that? Uh, I think we just set, at least for me we set goals so that we like have a bragging right afterwards, feel accomplished if you did it. Yeah. 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 Um. Certainly. I mean, yeah, there's there's a lot of different reasons why we get set goals, and I think it's definitely individual to the person, but in general, like, switching, like, going specifically onto guild ball, or really to any hobby, anything that we're doing, because we, you know, get some sort of fulfillment and, jo- and enjoyment out of it. Setting goals gives us, uh, it really, like, gives us a motivation, because we, you know, <laughs> we have something that we can again, as you said, Glenwood, look forward to, right? And some version 
uh, that we can kind of idealize as like some growth and something that will be like, this is something that I can do if I continue to do the thing that I like to do. Um, and if I continue to do it, I will hit something and I'll be like my enjoyment or my like the value that I get out of what I'm doing will increase, right? Whether that's personal growth, like I will be better as a player, I will be better as a person uh, or just like goals that are related to I will enjoy this more or I will do this thing that I haven't done and I will learn something new, right? There's different ways those goals can be. But the idea is basically it gives us something to set our sights on and kind of focuses our enjoyment of, you know, whatever it is that we're doing. Um, And when it comes to Guild Ball, I mean, this is not, you know, this is something we do purely for the enjoyment factor of it. So it's a way for us to increase um, our enjoyment ultimately, whether that is through personal growth or through, you know, experiences. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. Um. But I mean, so that's the why, right? Yeah. And, and I don't think anybody really needed to be convinced as to why, because like we all set goals, even if we don't like it or if, if we don't think like we you know, follow through with them. But uh, I think the there's like a couple of things like for, people set goals all the time. And this happens with my kids. I tell them, you know, give me some goals for the semester area. Give me some goals that you want to do over the next year. And like predictably, and this is with everybody, we just like we pick something and i'm guilty of this myself we pick some like really great ideal thing that's so nebulous and vague (laughs) and or like so just like really not well formed that it's like you don't even know if you there's like no way you could be successful with that goal i have kids who tell me like yeah i just want to i want to do really well in school and i'm like okay what's 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 what does that mean (laughs) yeah (laughs) like I have a kid. I have a kid who, if I if they told me they wanted to do really well in school, I know that kid means ninety eight or higher. Like because this person's like a ridiculous overachiever. On the other hand, I have a kid who told me they wanted to do really well in school. When I asked them what that meant, they want. I said, I just don't want to fail all of my classes. <laughs> right? Like that's two vastly different things, and we're we get so we don't really often like critically think and really specify out what we mean when we say something. So it becomes this like thing that really you can't achieve because if you just want to say, I want to get better at guild ball, how are you going to get better at guild ball? How will you know that you've gotten better at guild ball? Like what is, what is that going to like, how are you going to actually achieve that goal? Uh, because if you don't really have a plan or you don't have a, like if you don't specify what exactly you're looking to do, you're not going to be able to get there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to give us an acronym, and if you guys are just chime in if you're familiar with this, but um, many, many people are. It's super common in the business world. Uh, it's also in psychology and everything. But the idea of setting uh, SMART goals. Are you guys familiar with the term SMART goals? I'm vaguely familiar with it because I think we touched on it in one of the casts. Okay, very possibly. I'm sure uh, I've talked about it before. I, yeah, I'm currently, like, as of this week, going through a process of both department and personal, like, objectives, goals, and individual SMART goals. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, sure. You're certainly, yeah, you, <laughs> yeah you're <laughs> certainly going through some SMART goals right now. Yeah. Um, Beginning of the year. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, certainly. Um, I mean, so just like, for any listener who isn't familiar with this, um, and if you are, 
you know, it's a good reminder. Smart goals really just refer to breaking down goals into certain aspects of them in order to get um, like a kind of fully fleshed out idea that is actually something that can be achieved. Um, so the S stands for specific, basically being very specific about what you're going to achieve. I'm going to get good at guild ball. It's not specific. However, I am going to get better at guild ball to the point that I will uh, win a 16-player event. That is very specific. Like that is, I can, like I can understand exactly what good means if you define good as winning a 16-person event, right? Um, however, you just say the word good, I have no idea what that means, and neither do you, really. Um, <laughs> the M stands for measurable. Basically, this gives you a way to have accountability to be able to actually know when you've achieved it. So again, Chris's example, uh, measurable, winning a 16-player event. I can go on Longshanks and check to see if Chris has won a 16-player event. Um, no, and that's I lost like... to Vince and Bourbon Trail. <laughs> yeah, but I could still check it, right? But if I you, know. again, you just say you wanted to do well at a tournament, I so again, I, I don't know how I would measure it, right? Or I want to... Um, manage the clock better again I don't know how to measure that what does that mean does that mean you're going to end a game without clocking out or does that mean you're just going to win the game before you clock out or you're going to have 10 minutes on your clock like what's what does that mean how do I measure that um, and often we don't set goals that are immeasurable so then you really can't actually see if you've if you're progressing towards achieving them um, A stands for achievable Obviously, the goal has to be within your scope. If you just brought, you know, bought your first skill ball team, um, saying that you're going to win Worlds in 2018, uh, 2019 may not be an achievable goal, right? Um, it doesn't mean you can't shoot high, but it should be something that is uh, possible for you to accomplish. The R in SMART goal stands for relevant, uh, basically making sense. Uh, I don't, this one's always a little bit more nebulous when it comes to guild ball. Hopefully, <clears> if you're making a guild ball goal, it's relevant. But if your guild ball competitive goal is that you're going to only play teams that are painted, I don't think that's goal. that goal is relevant to being competitive. That's a very relevant goal to something else. But you got to make sure that like, if you have a, something, a skill or something that you want to work on or something you want to get better at or, or you know something you want to achieve, that... Um, Especially this is important if you have like component parts. So like if you want to win a 16-player event, you might have some sub-goals for that, right? First thing you have to work on getting better at one thing and then getting better at another skill. But each of those skills has to be relevant to the overall goal of winning an event. Um, and then last, T, time-bound. All goals should be time-bound. It just gives <laughs> you a deadline. If you want to say, I'm going to get better at guild ball, but you don't say any like idea of when then you know you'll just the, you'll just keep going and you'll be like you know what i'm still working on getting better at guild ball and it will be 2 years down the road and you know you haven't necessarily it really puts no pressure getting better no, at like, guild ball <laughs> until the heat death of the universe exactly but it, it time time putting a time limit on something just gives you just a little level of stress that like motivates you to you know achieve and make progress yeah. so smart goals yeah. very like used all the time there's a reason it's used it's a good acronym the idea overall behind this though is like really breaking down your goal and really thinking it through to all the parts and making sure the goal is a something that you like makes sense 
that you can actually see that you've gotten progress on uh, and then, you know, that you're able to then go ahead and take the steps towards doing. Yeah. Um, one, one thing I want to <clears throat> jump in real quick. Yeah, um, jump in, please. Yeah, okay. So smart goals, um, <laughs> smart goals have unfortunately fallen prey to the kind of like thought leader LinkedIn uh, type of type of person who like wants to repackage and regurgitate like the same stuff and pretend it's theirs. Um, and nobody's, nobody's doing that. But, um, one of the things that's happened because of that is some of the words like the acronyms have actually gotten shifted around. Um, so like achievable is the most common, but attainable is also used. Uh, those mostly, sure. mostly mean the same thing, but occasionally you'll see like actionable, which is like a little different, like, like, which also makes, makes sense in that like, yeah, you need to be able to actually do something about it. But, um, like, and then I've even seen stuff like this, like says agreed upon, like, like, which is just a real weird twisting of it. Um, also like realistic. Sometimes it says relevant and, oh, sorry, you said relevant. Sometimes you'll see realistic. That's pretty common as far as like a, yeah. a different version of it. Um, and those words do mean different things like realistic and relevant, um, do mean slightly different things. Uh, I just want to call that out. Like we're aware so you don't have to come tell us in comments that like, oh, you've got the wrong version. Like, do a Google image, <laughs> do a Google image search, and you'll find like tons of different like images that have different words on them. Um, yep. Tell me. And I was, <laughs> and I was referencing uh, a Google image search as well, just to make sure that I didn't accidentally use the <laughs> get wrong it wrong ones as well. And, as much as I, as often as I do it, it's still yeah, yeah. it is very easy to and, and, to to mess up your language. And then like something like like NPS uh, or something, it's not like a trademarked like copywritten things so like who's to say which one's right i'm sure there was an originator of smart goals and i could go find the wikipedia article but i won't i already found the oh, wikipedia article where did smart, <laughs> where did smart goals originate sounds smart. uh in november 1981 issue of management review uh contained a paper by george t doran okay <laughs> there that name, that name actually <laughs> sounds familiar um all right cool but smart goals now that i've derailed this let's get back on track um yeah <laughs> uh so you so okay you need to have something specific measurable attainable realistic and time bound or timely um how often do you do this when you set goals like mike you're you're, well, you're here's a here's a, here's a point of here's <laughs> a point of order uh -huh. i just want to quickly when you say do this do you mean like, because there's a different levels of do this. There is yeah. do this where I do with my kids, where I actually tell them to answer each of those parts of it. Right. Versus like do it as in just consider those things in your overall goal. Yeah. Yeah. So no, I, that I was an either or second question. One. <laughs> second one. Okay. Yeah, I don't, I don't think the uh, <laughs> be the stickler. Okay. To to use the R is relevant. I don't think uh, having kids set their goals is relevant. Oh, no, you're not giving kids enough. Well, I mean, it. okay, okay. <laughs> Relevant now, for our now I'm the bad guy. Uh, <laughs> I can make anybody the bad guy. Come on. <laughs> um, so you asked. Uh, so actually, I want to push it off to Chris first. Yeah. Uh, I will because I will continue talking about it. But go ahead, Chris. How often do you do these kind of goals when you're thinking about goals? Um. Like every day when I say, all right, I'm not going to eat like crap today. And then inevitably I break that rule like five minutes later. But um, 
sometimes I do it in an achievable way. Like, I think uh, sometime shortly after New Year's, I decided that one of my goals for 2018 will be to make enough progress in the hobby to, in just the hobby aspects of miniature gaming and stuff, to post up a picture that shows like a it's hard to measure it i guess but shows that you've got enough progress on like a hobby project like right now i'm doing my uh dragon ball z conversion butchers and last week i had the sculpted costume for my fillet but i didn't have the arms finished and i didn't have the head finished and i'm hoping to have those done this well, right. yeah, just... uh-huh. so oh, go ahead, Glenn, and I'll jump in because I yeah. actually I want to make Chris's goal smart. Yeah, I know. Uh, I, I think we're on the same. I think we're on the same page here. Okay, so right, do you go? You go first. Okay, so so is this goal is this goal realistic? Like, yeah. All right, yeah, because you're you're making I can post up a new additional progress each week. Okay, uh, and you all right, and you know, is it achievable? Like, you have the time and means to, to accomplish it? I hope so. Okay. Um, I, I think it is, but I don't know. This uh, winter biology course is kicking my ass. All right, so that's a, that's a risk. That's a risk there. Um, <laughs> is, it, is it specific? Um, so when you, when you say, you know, what you, what you want, you know, what, what is it exactly that you want? The way I worded it... I actually did it week by week in a way uh, that I'm going to be making progress on the hobby and posting up the results of that progress each week mm-hmm. onto my Twitters. And then uh, last week I had a, well, I hope to have these parts finished for next week. So it's not like a grand year long that mm-hmm. uh, whichever letter we're on, right? But it's week by week, possibly. <laughs> okay, so so that's so that's definitely covers the timely. You've you've got this goal segmented like into a lot of little chunks, but they are timely. You do have time based uh, targets for them, mm-hmm. and specifically, what you're trying to do is make uh, is is post up these images of uh, these modifications and and, and sculpts and, that you've done. Uh, and I assume also painted. Right. Okay, and then, like, and then what? Uh, I mean, really, it's about making a weekly <laughs> progress through my, uh, through the hobby of painting and sculpting and all that stuff. That way I have less, uh, blank metal junk laying around. Okay. So, <laughs> so is it is it specifically about the process of doing the hobby week to week rather than having a completed team or completed teams? Yes, because a completed okay. team is easy. So the- Sure. So it sounds like, and sorry, Glenn, when I'm no, just no, jumping no, in no. here, it sounds like your goal then is by the end of each week, you will uh, complete a, you know, a certain amount and, and that could be quantified further if you want it, but you will complete some level, some amount of painting and or modeling and or converting on uh, a guild on guild ball or other miniature figures, and you will post that to some form of social media. 
and and that yeah, that's my accountability aspect of it. Yeah, the posting. Okay, and that's and that's yeah. that's measurable. That way, like, somebody can shame me if I fuck it up. Oh, oh, man. oh man. But do you wait, but do you see how? <laughs> but, but do you see Chris? Do you see how that goal right there? Like you started off from like I want to do like more hobby stuff, and you had the goal there. But like the bringing the like like spec- just kind of running through it and breaking it down. What you specifically want to do is each week you want to do something hobby related towards your miniatures, painting, modeling, etc. And you want to post it so that you have that and that's your accountability measure right there, as you said, um, so that you like with the ultimate goal of like having more, you know, uh, it sounds like having more completed models and, uh, you know, that brings you some form of joy and, you know, fulfillment. Yes. Amazing. Yeah. That's a goal that you can do. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's and are doing. Yeah. <laughs> One week in a row. Let's go. I mean, and that, I've actually got enough progress to post up for this week as well. So boom, you are good. two weeks in and you are sticking to your goal. Yeah. And, um, go for it. Glenn. Yeah. And I'm just saying like, that's, that's really great because like you've actually like you, you segmented out this goal. Like, so it's, it's very achievable. Um, because you've you've said okay, I've, I've brought it, I've broken it down into these chunks of work. Because it's it's really about like this is work. It's a fun work, but it's work. So like you're you know, I'm going to do this work, and I'm going to break it out to keep myself accountable, and I'm going to use peers to also help keep me accountable. Um, because like one one thing I I think maybe misinterpreted when you first started talking about this goal was that you're like I want to show that I'm getting better at the hobby, and I was like oh like that's tricky because that's like validation. Like you've got to oh, like yeah, like yeah. if you want to say like I'm getting better at the hobby aspects, well it's like okay, well who are you going to for validation? Are you going to yourself? Yeah. For validation? Yeah, that's subjective, right? Yeah. Or are you going to others for validation? And regardless, True. it still can be measurable. It's just you've got to you've got to like figure out how you're going how you're going to measure it. And if you're going to others, well that's like I'm going to post it and I'm going to get X number of likes, and that's really dangerous territory. And I hope people don't put a lot of their self worth in that kind of thing. Oh, but no. all of these, <laughs> all of these platforms are designed to make you put your self worth in that kind of thing. So if you are, please don't. But anyway, um, <laughs> but you know what you could do if you wanted a more like healthy version of that is like I'm going to do this work and I want to show my improvement on the hobby and I'm going to uh, demonstrate that by at the end uh, or by the next convention I will enter a model into a painting or converted converting um, you know competition. Right, and that's and, that's and my you... goal. Sorry, go ahead, I was going to say, my goal is to get some sort of you know uh, placing or to or to make some sort of growth. Like, right, I, I enter it, and then you know, hopefully by the end of the year, I will have made some podium or some placement. Right in those competitions. Right, and that and that's yeah. that's another way to get uh, an external validation. So that's looking for an expert external validation. I'm going to put it into a sure. competition. And, and some yeah. some competitions are, are voting, like a lot of tournaments. Like like second win, there was one. It was it was voting. So that's a that's a you know a, a general like everyone voting. But you can also enter into competitions where expert people who do hobby stuff like are the judges, and that's seeking expert approval or validation. The other way you can get validation is, of course, internally. Just I want to get better because I'm going to feel better about it. And that's the one where I think a lot of people get really hung up because a lot of people are really unkind to themselves when it comes to their progress and the work that they've right. done. Right, it's, it's hard to measure, honestly. It's, it's very hard to measure, and you've all got that voice at, in your head that's telling you, you know, you're not good enough, it wasn't great, whatever. 
you know, at different volumes for different people, but everybody's got that voice somewhere. And there's a real deep temptation to listen to it. Um, And that's where um, I think your approach of, of, I'm going to post it externally. I'm not going to put like my value in people validating it, but I am going to like feel good enough about it to post it. And to what um, Mike was just saying, like I'm going to enter it into a competition, like just the entering it, like the, I'm going to get to the point where I have a team that I feel like good about entering into a competition. Like for a lot of people, like I don't, I don't, I feel like my guys are painted fine, but I would never enter them into a painting garbage. Like, I also don't feel like my guys are painted fine and would not enter them into a painting competition. Um, I will enter my fishermen into one, but mostly if I'm going to Columbus, where <laughs> I consistently actually win something. Nice. <laughs> so, so, and and I, w- I want to use that slight little tangent there to, to jump off onto something else, and that is like why people like quit goals. Um, oh yes, you know we are on do. the same. We are okay. on the same page because I was literally going to tangent. Okay. I was going to have a segue into that because that is also the next point. Like, what get? I I actually had it. What gets in the way of achieving goals? Yeah. So, yeah why do we quit goals? What gets in the way? Why do we set these goals and then ultimately not, uh, you know, give up on them? Um, so you had some in ideas. Answer. Yeah, yeah. On this. So I'll I'll start off. I think I think there's a couple of things. I think ultimately it comes down to we're not particularly kind to ourselves. Um, because like everybody stumbles, uh, everybody doesn't do everything perfectly. Uh, but when we ourselves do it, a lot of us like beat ourselves up about it or, uh, you know, just, just, we, we get discouraged, uh, about ourselves quicker than when we get discouraged about others. Um, and I think, I think that's one really, really big, really, really big reason that people fail at goals. I think another is, you know, they said unrealistic ones and all that kind of stuff. And those, those are all, um, you know, things we've talked about and addressed, but mm-hmm. like ultimately, like we're, we're just not particularly forgiving to ourselves. And I think our culture and everything helps reinforce that, unfortunately. Um, but uh, uh, I think we have to, you know, if we have a goal and we're not working towards meeting it, um, we, we, we can't just feel bad about it. Sometimes that goal, and we also have to always like kind of revalidate our goals. Like, is this goal still meaningful? Is this goal still useful? And is this thing that's just like, am I dragging this around? Is this like just a weight that I'm like carrying around with me all the time? And I feel guilty about not meeting it, but the goal actually isn't meaningful to me anymore. Um, I don't think a lot of people have honest questions, like have honest conversations with themselves about that. Um, and so those are, those are, I think, two reasons that people maybe, maybe fail to meet their goals and or then feel guilt about their goals and then can subsequently be hesitant to set new ones. Yeah, I 100% agree with you. And kind of jumping off of that, one of the, yeah, a lot of the time uh, we lose motivation for something. Uh, we lose drive to continue to do something or to make strides towards uh, achieving goals because of a couple of reasons. One, as you said, because the goal itself wasn't properly set in the first place. So it's kind of hard for us to set. We didn't set ourselves up for success, right? So we're finding that we're not getting that success. And then you kind of, it just like, uh, you know, pitters out, Uh, you know, you start forgetting it. It's not convenient anymore. Uh, But the other thing is like, we run into obstacles. Things don't necessarily work out a hundred percent. And then that's difficult. That feedback that we get is negative. 
and you as you mentioned you put it as the phrase we're hard on ourselves but yeah we let these negative thoughts we get uh this is such a callback but we run into you know cognitive distortions or thinking traps um about ourselves or about our progress and a lot of the times uh a very common response like coping mechanism that we as humans do is when we find something that we're not being successful at, we find something that's being more challenging or we face these setbacks instead of like evaluating and either re re changing up our goals or changing our approach uh, or just like figuring out what we need to do differently in order to be successful. We, do the avoidance coping mechanism. Basically, we convince ourselves that it's not worth our time or it's too hard uh, or we never really wanted it anyway. And we kind of use that and that cognitive dissonance comes up and we're just like, you know what? Maybe I didn't, this wasn't really that important of a goal to me anyway. Uh, I, you know what? I just actually want to have fun. I'm not like, I don't care about being competitive and blah, 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 blah. Right. Like we find ways to justify it. And because it's easier to do that and rather than to, look inwards yeah and and the 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 real tricky part about that is when you do that instead and you don't like sit down and like actively reconsider the goal when you just like kind of just like i'll forget about it like it never really goes away like it's still there with you (laughs) like you're still like hanging on to it it's still like you know holding you back in a way like you're just like oh that's that thing i said i'd do and i never did you know what if you just like sat down and addressed it like directly and be like does this still have meaning for me is this still important to me? This is something I really want, like compared to the opportunity costs of all the other things I could be doing with my life right now. Like if you sit there, ask that question and say, no, well then there it's done. It's gone. It disappeared. Like you don't have to feel bad about it anymore. So I I think people kind of in a way have to go through a grieving process for their unmet goals. Uh, uh, And this may sound like corny a little bit, but um, like, just kind of just kind of sit there and think about them and see if they're still relevant to your life. And if they're not, that's fine. You changed. Move on. 100%. Yeah, definitely. Um and I and I think uh yeah, it's okay to not to not meet goals and to like reset them, but I yeah, like you said, a lot of times though what we end up doing is we don't we avoid them and we don't uh we don't meet them or we don't make progress towards them. But they are still things that we want to do. And instead, yeah. like, we just carry that guilt of, like, I haven't made the progress. And we try to be like, ah, oh, you convince yourself that it's not worth it or it's too hard or you don't really want it, but you do. Like, that's the other side. Like, yeah. you you don't really – there's the introspecting and be like, you know what? This isn't that important to me. But there's also, like, this is important to me. And this is something I want, I care about and want to do. Uh, and the fact that you haven't made progress towards it weighs on you. And yeah. makes you like the fact that you've been avoiding it kind of just builds it up. Like, well, I always say for um, for kids and stuff is like uh, if you, you know, if it, like a performance related goal grades or performance on a job or whatever, if you have a goal for yourself and you it becomes hard and you start avoiding it because it's like really difficult, you're going to feel good in the moment because you just stopped from having to deal with like something that's challenging uh, and that feels good because it's easier. But then down the road, it's going to come back and you're going to want that thing again. And then you're going to now have an added thing of like all the time you spent not like doing it. And that's just going to make it harder because it's going to be harder to do what you want to do. So you've now just built it up into a harder thing that is more like stress ultimately on you. So yeah, (laughs) all of this is 
what gets in the way of goals is a lot of psychology, a lot of us getting in our own heads. Um, some of not setting yourself up with a good goal to begin with, but you know, just not really being honest with yourself and actually like, uh, you know, running through, like giving, putting the effort and then just being like committing to like, I am going to try this, even if it's not like working out exactly. And if it's not working out exactly, I'll change it if I need to. Yeah. And and just, just to add one thing to that, like a lot of what I was saying earlier was about like letting go of goals, like, like just like realizing when they're just not, they're not for you anymore and you you just want to move on. But what you're saying, like with, oh no, I still want this. You know, I've fallen off my path of, of getting it. I've, my tactics or my, you know, kind of like smaller steps towards this, like I've kind of fallen off. I've, I've not met my own expectations. Like I'm feeling bad kind of about it or about myself because of that, but I still want it. Well, that's when you just, you have to forgive yourself for what you've not done or have done. And you have to like sit down and reset that goal. And if the way you set it the first time feels like unachievable, then you've got to find another way of, of breaking that down, of slicing it, of yeah. reducing its scope. Possibly. Yeah, pare it down. Yeah, yeah. pare it down. Um, exactly. But but it's, I'm not just saying like, you know, oh, if you don't meet your goals naturally, just give up on them. Like, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying be, <laughs> be realistic about the ones you keep around. But if you just, if you, give, up just give up on them, is, I, I don't want anybody to take that away. Um, but but if you do, if you do feel like it's something you still want, but you're not making progress, then you've got to figure out how to reframe it. Uh, and you can't beat exactly. yourself up. You can't beat yourself up about the past because it has already happened. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, and beating yourself up doesn't change anything, right? It, do, yeah, it you doesn't. Be mad at yourself, but it's still it's going to still be the same way. It doesn't help you in any way. It, it is immutable. Like you cannot yep. fix it. <laughs> All right. I want to transfer us because we have so many questions to do. I want to yeah. kind of get our goal. Do we have any go ball 2019 goals? Uh, Chris, you mentioned one of yours. Do you have any other ones or is that your main one you're focusing on hobby wise? Uh, that's going to be my main one right now because I'm not sure with, so I'm on my senior year of school and, uh, like your students where you had that one who had the, I want to get good grades and you have the other one that had the same goal, but it was like not failing. Uh I have slid from the first one to the second (laughs) one and (laughs) not, not quite that extreme, but I have, I, I am just like kind of sick of school and I want to get it done and I want to make sure that I get that done correctly. So I'm not setting any like competitive goals. Because fair the enough. second half of the year is going to be kicking my ass. That's yeah. fair, man. Yeah, totally. Yeah. You, know, you got to be realistic about life. Right. Yeah. <laughs> the exactly. hobby goals. I'm holding. You to know that. what? To, your your that sounds like a very more healthy perspective than me, who's trying to set these skill ball goals, but at the same time is trying to finish up my dissertation this uh, in this spring. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Why why you do this to yourself? Because um, uh, I'm I'm close. I'm close. <clears throat> <laughs> all right all right well, so what long are, enough so, so what are your guild ball goals mike uh so if you were uh if you paid attention to our twitter at all you'll notice i uh posted up a little bit of uh what guild should i play in 2019 poll um and sadly twitter doesn't let me put didn't let me put enough options but i, I put a bunch of options up there um i think my i have a couple of different guild ball related goals one um, and this one is less of a goal as more of an expectation that I have. Uh, you know, I want to 
travel to some of the events that I went to last year. I don't think I'll be able to hit as many as I did last year, but um, travel to the events I and and continue to interact with all the great people that I met in the community and have a good time and play games and like continue to grow and be part of that community. That's that's a goal, but it's a very I don't I don't need to be more specific than that. I just need to. Uh, like attend some of the events that I'm already, you know, locked in and want to attend uh, and then just have a good time while I'm there. Um, so that one, I don't feel too much pressure to make, uh, to break down any more than that. But that's like my general, like if nothing, if I don't get to anything else, I, that's, that's something I always fall back on that. Cause that's my, uh, kind of basic level goal. Um, number two is I, would like to continue to grow in terms of being a competitive player and I want to realize that by um, qualifying and hopefully attending the WTC again as well as um, attending the uh, and qualifying for the Guild Ball Nationals at probably at SteamCon realistically the only US qualifier that I'm going to be able to go to because uh, I'm not going to be able to go to the Las Vegas Open um so qualifying for that uh and you know making a run for that and hopefully qualify you know getting the ticket to worlds but that's kind of like a that is a that is a very lofty goal so i think more as a process goal it will be developing competitively so that i can uh you know comfortably at least get into the running for those you know at the big events um and make runnings in the you know in the in the at least x and one bracket uh if not you know, pulling one or two events out again. Um, and then lastly, my goal is uh, one of the things that I did, I think I did ended up doing well last year. Um, that is hard for me is uh, sticking to a team and actually like just focusing um, and really developing expertise with the team because I am very, 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 very prone to wandering uh, when it comes to guilds and just playing everything. So uh, with that, I have decided with a little bit of an asterisk next to it uh, that 2019 will be the year of the Brewers, uh, and I will be playing Brewers. And that asterisk that I am putting on is one thing. One, I know that realistic for me, I will need to have a side team that I play just when I start to get a little bit bored. Um, so sure. I will have some sort of side team that I'll play in like more local events potentially. And then B, the second part of that asterisk is I anticipate pretty strongly that we'll have an errata come uh, sometime in the spring. I don't know when, but sometime in the spring, if it's anything Maybe like the last, six uh, months. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That that's that's my thinking, and uh, you know, I always reserve the right to change after an errata if something like that I really <laughs> cool. No, sure. it's not just to jump uh, on that something way you that's can really good. To the best team. No, I'm just no, exactly. He's, well, uh, he's explicitly but not like, doing that. yeah yeah but well so what i want like it you know there's always a chance that like some combination of changes makes a guild something that i'm super interested in i don't want to limit myself by saying like well too late i've already committed to brewers but now you know masons are everything i wanted them to be you know uh, yeah don't let rat catchers 2018 happen to I'm, you yeah that, that's, that's a, that was a bold that was a bold proclamation i don't think that was, that was real, a, i don't think that was a realistic goal <laughs> like, it was almost listen it was it was almost realistic and i played like two events or maybe three where i didn't and then the delays let it happen for me 
So, well, I mean, like, actually, let's, like, Rat Catchers 2018, that was specific, it was measurable, um, it was achievable, um, it was, it was timely, it was time-bound, uh, it's re- realism is really what let that one down, like, that's, yeah. that's really where that goal failed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Was that one really relevant? Because I don't think it yeah. was something that brought you joy. <laughs> it, it did, it, it did for the first, like, two events, and then, like, people started learning. This is just a weird affectation. <laughs> <laughs> They've adapted. Um, uh. um, but yeah, and I and I cer- certainly and people might catch me like playing something else down the road and be like, "Mike, you lied." Uh, but I certainly reserve the light, right to completely disregard my goal and change it up if I feel like it. But um, I do want to the generic the general idea. I picked Brewers for this because uh, like fifty percent this to kind of spite bots, but. Um, I, I, the idea is just generally to develop, uh, more expertise with like a specific guild, which is actually funny. Like, even though I do jump around, I have like the first year I played guild ball, I really focused, ended up settling on and focusing on engineers. The second year was Masons. And then the second and a half, third year was, uh, union. So I, I like end up do eventually getting into a guild. I just have to always figure out what it is. (laughs) <laughs> it takes me a while. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Glenwood, what about you? Do you have any 2019 <clears throat> Guild Ball goals? Guild Ball goals. Um, I I have a I have like one I think main goal. Uh, so my okay. my main goal for 2018 is to uh, apply for and go to WTC. Um, Amazing. Get, get accepted. Go to WTC. Um, I think I have like I think my main secondary goal is that is that you know I just continue to like kind of live up to or do my best to live up to the standards I have for like my play, like, and just how, how cleanly I try to play and how I treat others that I play against. Um, Uh but that's not really a smart goal. That's kind of just a vague, (laughs) it's a, a, wow. That, that sounds more like an expert. Yeah. An expectation, right? Like yeah. how I, I mentioned, like for me, there was the one that was the expectation for you. Like your expectation is that your games continue to be clean uh, and there to be, you know, a level of, uh, you know, social contract and respect and stuff like that. But that's yeah. less of a goal. That's just more like a, a, an, expectation. an expectation you have for yourself. I, I, I will yeah. say I'll, I'll set I'll set a 16 player event goal, like uh, a four rounder. Like I think I think winning one of those would be good. I've actually done like. We've had several tournaments in in Raleigh that we just like cut off at three, so I've like gone like three and zero, but there wasn't a, a single winner. Um, so I've like never, I've never actually won like a four round event. Like I went five and one at like second win, but I've never won a four round event. So tell Lon to stop cutting. Uh, yeah. uh, the last the last time it was choice, and my okay. my wife was very thankful that I came home <laughs> like, rather than playing the fourth round. So um, she was at home with a eight month old at that time so uh yeah that's reasonable yeah. Yeah, so i think i think a four-rounder is a is a is a reasonable yeah um and i think we can answer this mostly in the questions because we have some questions about it but how do, briefly do we plan to achieve them chris you planning on achieving your hobby goal by like continuing to post um to you know the post to kind of yeah yeah to keep your hold yourself accountable and to like have like a, a progress of like where it starts and where it goes. Right. Glenwood, how about you? What is like very briefly, what is your overall plan to get that four round event and make uh, the WTC team? 
which by the way, like I think it will be a more competitive goal this year. I hope we get a really good crop of players, but I want to give you a little bit of insight last year. Um, we only denied one person from being in the WTC out of the people who applied. So, oh, now that person feels extra bad, Mike. Well, um, I mean, well, no, they we denied them because they couldn't, um, they couldn't go. It was Pete. He had he adopted a kid. Oh, okay. Well, that. <laughs> that, that'll do it. That'll do it. Um, all right. Well, that, that's that's a life. Yeah, I think a life after, you, after you that's go life. down to like second strings and everything, everybody got in. I mean, it's it's. I mean, let's be honest. Like WTC for for an American, it's like it's really expensive. Like not. Oh everybody, yeah, that's, not that's your biggest. Uh, yeah, that's your biggest qualifier. Is can it's you financial? Like, can you meet this? Meme? <laughs> There's a means threshold. Like, yeah. it's really expensive, and and I wish. I wish it wasn't, and I wish we could do more. I wish the community was big enough that we could fund getting people, the people who make it, to over there. Like so. It well, we were supposed to do a fundraiser last year, but that never happened. So we got to get bots on doing the fundraiser this year. Sell some widgets with yeah. like Team America. I, I got bo- I got boop widgets, stuff. man. I can sell record boop widgets. Yes, that's the best widget. (laughs) Um, uh, So not at all niche. Yeah, I mean, my my main my main goal for WTC is like for getting WTC and for winning a sixteen round is um, I think just stick with stick with what I'm doing. Like, uh, you know, I maintain that Masons are actually very difficult to play. Um, They they may seem simple like on the surface, but they're they're not. Especially with prison, like it's it's very difficult to play. It's very difficult to know when to pull those triggers. Um, and I think they're very strong. Um, sure, they have a couple of bad matchups, but especially in a team tournament, it's much easier to dodge those bad matchups. Um, and I just have so many reps. Like I just like I, like I said at the beginning when I was like, oh, I played War Machine and I played Ron a lot. Like like moving other people's models is what I do. If I switched off of Hammer, it would only be to go to play Scalpel. Um, yeah, and. The reason I didn't switch to her was because she got so good. I was like, oh, that kind of feels like I'm just chasing the strong thing, so I'll just stick with Hammer because you know I got a pain in me. But um, right. But yeah, it's it's it's. I don't have a lot of like like flightiness, like like when it comes to guilds. Like I have, I have morticians and I have union and I have hunters, but they're unassembled. But I have them mainly to give people breaks from having to play against Hammer. <laughs> so uh, it was kind of really more in affordance for my for my friends and locals and stuff that I have those things. But, uh, but yeah, that's, that's that's my main way. Nice. Uh, and then for myself, it will be a hundred percent exactly what kind of you just said. It will be going and actually getting the reps because uh, that's the hardest thing for me. It's actually really. As people have heard me say before, it's really hard for me to get regular games yeah. uh, because of the fact that I have to travel pretty pretty decently far and not the nicest commutes to uh, so actually weird. play. Well, I know, right? Because I live that's... in the in, in the biggest in the biggest city in the United <laughs> that's States. So weird. Like, like we have we have two different game stores that I can get to from work within like within twenty minutes and on two different nights of the week that I could go play. Okay. So right. here's the thing, <laughs> right? So I I work in Manhattan. There is yeah. a there is a game store technically two blocks away from me. However, they're only open Thursday nights for gaming because they're really more just like a sell RPG books to uh, tourist stuff. It's okay. literally this game store is in the same building as the Empire State Building. Oh, okay. Um, 
Yeah, yeah. So they're like prime real estate, right? They're re- they've been there forever. The only way they make money is like it's like a hole in the wall that sells a billion RPG books to people who are just in Midtown Manhattan. Uh, there is one on the Upper West Side, which would probably be like a 25, 30 minute trip for me in the wrong direction from where I live um, and then would make my uh, commute home quite hard. There is there are is there are two in Brooklyn, neither of them particularly ac- accessible by public transportation. And obviously, I take public transportation to my job because it's in Manhattan. I'm not going to drive my car there. Right. Uh, and then the other game store uh, is out in Long Island, one hour away from me, uh, which not a totally easy, nice drive on the weekend. But during the week, that is oh, yeah. that is going with traffic. So that <laughs> goes from a one-hour trip to – it goes from a 55-minute trip to like a two-hour and 55-minute oh, trip. So that's, that's my version of hell. Like, yeah. Uh... It, so, uh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it, it's it's a challenge. Anyway, I, I mean, I get that through traveling for a bunch of tournaments, lo- like – somewhat local within like the tri-state quad state eastern seaboard you know region um and then also playing on uh on vassal and whatnot so you know that's how i get my games in um anyway so for me getting the reps in will be the the really uh big part for getting you know into a really competitive spot and doing well in these events all right we have questions. We've gotten there. Okay. All right. Time to pull out the question list. Uh, yeah. We going with those. Uh, we're gonna start with some. Uh, up here. Yeah, we're gonna start with some Discord questions. Um. So, Paul, from uh, My Life with Dice, you know, great YouTube channel. Uh, had a had some good games posted recently from one of the local tournaments I went to. Um, what? Do you feel this is a question for Glenwood? What do you feel Masons could use to take them up a notch without <laughs> seeming overpowered? <laughs> would Brick see more play with two inch reach again? Uh, or is double bubble a thing of the past? Um, okay, so first, I think the only thing that you could disagree with the premise. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Um, well, I mean, without seeming overpowered, I think. I think one, it's extremely frustrating for people to go up against the prison and not know how to take it apart. Uh, and I think it's something you have to just like think about a lot as somebody who's preparing for tournaments. If you think you're going to play masons, not a, not not a bad guess that you might have to play masons. You really got to like put the put proxy models on the table and think about how that works. Um, that being said, what could bump them up a notch? Honestly, what could bump them up a notch is scalpel and the bear getting toned down um, more than anything. Uh, I don't think anybody on Masons needs anything. I hope they don't do anything to team player. A lot of people complain about it, but it is a very interesting and unique and dynamic skill, and I hope it doesn't go away. Um, Double bubble, whatever. I still wouldn't. I played Wrecker in Season 3, so I'm the wrong person to ask for that. Uh, I played Wrecker in like 60% of my games in Season 3, and he's insanely better now. Um, but would Brick see play with two-inch melee? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, oh my god, Brick with two-inch melee in the with, with in the prison, the, like as the six the prison, <laughs> like oh, too it's... much prison, too <laughs> Just, much prison. Like at that point, at that point, I would feel bad about playing it. Like, that... <laughs> <laughs> like I don't. I, in season 
<laughs> in season three, I actually wanted to play that list except for no vet harmony because the interaction wasn't there and instead just mallet. So it was going to be mallet, brick, old granite, which new granite obviously much, much better. Oh, old but oh. old granite, uh, mallet, brick, marbles, hammer, and I think tower or something like that and just make the most unkillable team. But yeah. that in uh that in season four if you just took that team and put it in season four if brick had two inch melee oh my god yeah uh, well I will, I will say that like that harmony in season three i also played that harmony in season three so it's basically like all my toys got better like other than brick brick was in all my list and of course he's not anymore but he just got replaced with granite um that harmony still like took conditions for anybody who like had damage based conditions so like theron snares anybody he damages well that harmony could keep hammer from getting snared um like, Vet Harmony could keep the ball safe from, you know, Sucker Punch if the ball was on Mallet. You know, I, I did that at, like, Southern Team sure. Championship. It's like, she just took, like, every Sucker Punch for Mallet, and Mallet never, you know, dropped the ball. Um, so, like, she she was still really valid, but the extra 2 HP and, of course, Granite and that interaction makes her, like, insanely good. Also, Mark Target. Uh, so, my answer is, I don't think they need to be better. Uh, Brick having 2 inch reach again would get him played, but also might be insane or possibly oppressive. Um, and Double Bubble can go away forever. Uh, it was a management tax on your clock anyway, and Marvel's Charge was never that great. Nonsense. Marvel's Charge was the ma- amazing. Getting <laughs> the double wrap for the double push to momentum and pushing Filet out of melee with everybody was Occasionally beautiful. it happened, but Filet should only ever get to Granite or uh, Hammer anyway, and they have counterattacks to make Filet sad. Filet should never be dropped into Masons ever. <laughs> it just shouldn't happen. <laughs> sure, but it still happened last yeah. season. Yeah, anyway. I, uh, anyway. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, our next question, Kyler, do you find yourself adapting strategies from other games into Guild Ball, and what lessons do you think they have taught you, vice versa? Anybody want to grab on this one? I mean, I think naturally I tend to relate fighting games with it because it's the only ones I've really been competitive in besides Guild Ball. I've always been somewhere in the mediocre to, let's say, good at Magic, but really that was just being having a job while like everybody else was still bumming around um so and letting the deck pilot itself um but i'm not sure that a ton of things transfer over there are some very loose concepts that roughly translate over like uh the idea of the neutral game um but I don't think I, I think that Guild Ball is enough of its own beast that things don't transfer over, and I'm I'm really glad of that because I sucked at War Machine. So. <laughs> Glenn, what? Uh, how about you? Yeah, um, so I think neutral game. That's a that's a really good one. Like like controlling before the engagement happens. Um, and that's a big one. Masons have to deal with because you got no guns. Um, I think uh, the general concept of who's the beatdown. Um, is, sure. is like, you know, it's, it's kind of came from magic, but really applies in most games. Uh, I think Who's the Beatdown really falls into a bigger category, which I would call what game am I playing right now? Um, and so take a game like uh, Power Grid, because Power Grid, that's a board game that a lot of people know. And Power Grid is essentially three mini games in one bigger game. And you have to like, you know, play each mini game. There's like bidding on power stations. There's uh, buying resources and, you know, buying them so that other people can't get them and there's like 
building out your cities, like on the on the map. And you have to manage each one of the, you have to balance those mini games, and you have to like kind of play into the next mini game. Like like what am I doing in this one so that I'm prepared for the next one? Like that kind of thing and around the turn. And I think I think one level that you can you can do is like constantly be asking yourself what game am I playing right now uh, when it comes to to Guild Ball because like who's the beatdown like really comes down to like well what what is your game if your game is go over there and beat them up then go do that if your game is set yourself up so you can take a punch and then hit them back do that um, one, one point that I constantly make is that that Masons versus Alchemists is a threshold check uh, you have to get across the board before they chip away too much of your damage and so you just have to get across to their side as fast as you possibly can using all of the tools available to you um, and that's a, that's a mini game that you have to play before you get to play the actual game of engaging with their team and, and fighting. And so I think that that's kind of a loose translation from Power Grid, but like that kind of what game am I playing, which is also kind of a who's the beatdown question. So. Uh huh. Excellent. That's, yeah. Uh, for myself, um, definitely see some aspects and I think more just from like the strategic mind and thinking of uh, for chess like just seeing lines of play and like so if I where can this model move like in space and like the spatial awareness of like it's a little less um, you know set in stone compared to chess but still like where are the options from this model this turn if it goes there where it next turn like how do I develop this piece on the board enable uh, to be able to uh you know do things further you know turns down the line uh and like when i do something how does an opponent react to that and how does that change the board state and then where to you know where do the moves develop from there so like if i do this how do they react and then what options are open there so that's definitely something that happens in chess a lot um yeah and i that's the big thing that i uh bring into go ball there's the obvious stuff like the Blade War Machine. Okay, cool. I know how. Yeah, sure. There are <laughs> like, some more games. I know yeah. how measurements mm-hmm. work and like, like all that. Like threat ratings. Yeah, yeah. Those kind of concepts. All right. Um, so we got a lot of questions from uh, Mr. Dan White. Uh, <laughs> and we're going to go through some of them. Um, maybe most of them. We'll see. They're actually good questions. So I, I think yeah, he's trying to good. run a little bit of. Uh, he's trying to run a little bit of PR after their last cast, um, <laughs> trying to get himself back on the good side of the football community. So uh, we'll give him we'll give him this opportunity to ask him himself good as a villain and realized he wanted to be a hero. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so uh, he asks that uh, the late Gilball God, Sir Alex Botts, advocated that people should not be afraid to be weird and do things outside the norm. Like keep a notepad and take notes during games. Uh, but his actual question is: Do you have any, um, or do you guys have unorthodox training habits that you uh, practice? Chris, uh, I, anything? I, the only thing I've been doing training-wise is in preparation for my Dragon Ball Z Butchers being finished. I've been trying to memorize their long-ass playbooks. Uh huh. And that's about it. Uh, that that I th- would be. I just... thought you were gonna say you were watching episodes of Dragon Ball Z again. <laughs> I mean, so I do that while I'm painting. So, <laughs> nice, excellent. Glenwood, um, anything for you? Yeah, I, I always try to play with a clock uh, running. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I'll, I'll talk to my opponent uh, if they want to do clock points or not do clock points. But I feel like it, it can keep games from dragging out, of course, but it also just helps me with clock management. Because um, that is something that I can struggle with at times. And if mm-hmm. you do want to... Like, like the Mason Masons have a very broad decision tree. And I think this that complexity of their decision tree is one of their greatest strengths. But you can also get lost in it. And so you, sometimes uh-huh. you just got to make a decision. Um, so playing with a clock is something I do. Um, another thing I do in tournaments is I have, like, a beginning of game spiel that's like, this is what I use for momentum. This is how I track scores. Like, this sure. is where I roll dice. And if they pop out of the tray, I will re-roll them. Like... I have all of these widgets. They are here for either of us to use. If you want help measuring anything, like I do this whole thing. And I think some people it comes off as maybe a little robotic or weird, but like, I'm just trying to clearly state all of this stuff. So we don't get halfway through the game. And there's an expectation on one side of the table that is different from the expectation on the other side of the table. And so I think initially a lot of people are like, this guy's kind of weird, but I just, I make myself do it to help, clearly set those expectations and also like when the first thing comes up that somebody actually does need help measuring i'm like there and i'm like do you want this widget it's right here for you and then they realize like i am here just to play a clean game like that is more important than who wins or loses and after that things are generally like very very smooth uh and they're more yeah i actually appreciate those appreciate those things a lot because it reminds me to do them yeah, definitely. It's definitely good when you have like a good clean game, um, you know. And if you can handle Glenwood, uh, like total deadpanness of it when he does it, there's just no emotion in it. It's just like he's just like you know he's just like just saying facts. And it's just like someone reading like off a teleprompter on the news. I'll try to amp it up next time. <laughs> you gotta, yeah, you got to smile a little bit. got to sell it. <laughs> yeah. Um, unorthodox training habits, I really, not too much. So <laughs> there's the episode that I ended up never doing but talked about doing um, where I wanted to do uh, using a dog clicker to train uh, like execution of certain things like, you know, proper way, like, you know, remembering to heal your model before you shift the clock over. Uh, I haven't actually done that mainly because nobody wants to do it with me. <laughs> nobody wants nobody wants yeah. me to use a dog clicker for behavioral reinforcement with uh, with those kind of skills. But you oh, know what? Uh, maybe I'll pick. <laughs> you know what? You just got to take the emotion out of it. It's not like I'm giving you a treat or anything. It's just a click. It's just boom, click. You did it right. I feel like I would be more impe- like compelled to do it if I was given a treat. So. Well, that's fine. We could, we, we'll, you know what? Next time we're together, Chris, we'll do, we'll play one game where I, I give you a treat every time you remember, or you know, something that you're trying to do. You're gonna be six months down the road. Somebody's gonna click something, and you're gonna drool on your models. That's what's gonna happen. <laughs> be great. Um, but yeah, so actual unorthodox training habits that I do practice. Uh, I haven't done this in a while because I haven't been, uh, I haven't been focused on a guild. But what I did. I'll say most notably when I was going to SteamCon in 2017 with Masons. Um, I, over that, actually, it was, I think it was late summer because I remember doing it when I was doing some uh, like training runs and stuff. Um, I was like on long distance run, and, I, and what I would do is I would like take out my phone, pop up a model's playbook, take a quick look at it real quick, and then put it away and then 
try to like visualize the playbook and do some like rehearsal strategies and memory until I could literally like recite their playbooks, uh, you know, line by line, basically for all the models. And I definitely, you know, did that as you said, Chris, as a way of getting familiar with their playbooks, but um, like really doing it in a not not just like when you are looking at you know play or when you're like playing a game or you know thinking about field ball in terms of like you're going to the store or you're at the game store or whatever um but like literally i did it like i'm in the middle of a run and i am and these were like long these were like longer runs so i was like i have two hours during this two hours i'm you know listening to some music but i'm gonna just use this time uh to like get some solid reps in my mind of like getting something and visualizing and getting it in my head so it sticks so so you can... i would do it at work on like like the times you could get away with looking at your phone real quick i'd do it at work and uh i ended up in season three i had like early season three i had uh basically every model memorized at one point in time and then errata started happening so, Mike, you could spend two hours thinking about Honor's playbook because it's only got one column. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you said you're, you're sad when you get the first column on Honor's playbook. You, you're clearly just not doing You just got to go YOLO out on uh, crazy goal runs, and then the first column is great. <laughs> oh, my God. I can't, I can't even. Well, maybe, I think one but... of the... One, I don't, I don't remember exactly when this. I think it was at SteamCon. I think it was like one of my first season four games. If not, it maybe. It, I I remember a game where I was playing uh, Honor, and I just took, uh, you know, I had definitely Vet Chisel was out because I know she was there. I just took a bunch of models, and I wasn't like trying to be serious. It was like a fun game with somebody, and I literally all I was I was like all I'm gonna do this game is go for every single goal run that possibly is on the table, regardless of how good it is, until I went. And it was just so much fun. Uh, not a good strategy to do if you want to win games all the time. But you know what? I won right. that game uh, so, with three three goals. It was beautiful. So there, there, was a game, there was a game back in Season 3 where I was like, okay, I, I, like, a friend of mine was playing. I was like, clearly you're tired of playing against Hammer. Like, I'll play Honor. Like, I played the game. I went 12-0. And as soon as I won, I was like, this team feels like crap. Like, which was an even worse rub-in, because, like, I just 12-0'd, but I, like, I, I went 12-0 on the game, and I just, like, this, I hate this. This is awful. Why isn't this hammer? <laughs> the, uh, the your Mason's expert, uh, everyone just doesn't like the original, like, quintessential Mason's captain. Uh, right. So, he's really only half a Mason. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. I'll, I'll take it. Um, all right. Uh, he all Dan also asked if someone only plays one game a week, should they even bother setting goals? Should they first increase the amount of games they play? Follow up what the solid number of games per week a person should play should play if they want to see realistic improvement. Um, no, I think it's fine to set goals if you only play one game a week. You just have to temper your goals with the fact that you are only playing once a week, and thus, like, if your goal is I want to get 500 games in over the year, <laughs> well, that's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's not not realistic. Yeah, um, I mean, I often only get one game a week. Like, I get significantly myself. less unless you, if you like, average it out and include my tournament games, I get about a little less than two games a week. Uh huh. But yeah, then I'm if in you a, don't I'm count that, similar. then I get like maybe one a month. 
Yeah. No, you got you have to count that because that's how that's literally how I I do it. I maybe get <laughs> I I get uh I'd say I get a game every week and a half, but then I usually do about one tournament a month, if not more sometimes. But like at, you know, I think usually at, at worst one tournament a month. So getting a couple games uh for that. Yeah. So. Yeah, I'd say on average, maybe about one game a week. Maybe it's a little more than one and a half weeks. But, um, yeah, one game a week. So, yeah, that is enough. Obviously, the more you play, the better. Um, I've seen that with, like, the Long Island crew. You know, they started off, you know, a while back and were, like, much newer. But especially some of them who get to play a bunch of games, their improvement rate compared to, like, where, you know, I've been at. It started off where, obviously, like, I had been playing for a while when they started playing. And now, you know, they have guys, uh, you know, beat me uh, pretty regularly and doing really well in tournaments and stuff like that that are, like, really solid. You know, so the more games you can play, the quicker you'll see your improvement. Um, yeah. That doesn't mean you can't improve with less games. It just means you yeah. have to be, A, more, like, efficient with the time that you're playing those games. Those games have to be more valuable. Um, and you have to be developing skills outside of just like in the moment you're playing the game. Yeah. And that's that's one of the kind of hinging off that real quick, um, one of the bigger issues I have seen is um, players who focus on playing games to learn concepts and players who focus on playing games to win them. Uh, and if you're new to a game, especially if there's established players, especially if they have tons and tons of reps, like you're not gonna overcome that overnight. You're not gonna start dunking on them like tomorrow if you just try real hard. Um, but if you focus on learning concepts, you'll get there a lot quicker. Uh, and that's, I think, tough for a lot of folks to, like, to do that, to, like, focus on, like, okay, I'm just kind of walk in, like, I'm probably going to lose, very highly likely, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to figure something out. I'm either going to learn something about what they do, or I'm going to learn a new way to do things on, on my own. And that does require you to be thinking about the game outside of playing the game. Um, but if you have limited table time, and you want to get better and set goals about getting better faster, I think you have to really focus on the concepts and not like just like how many points I got. How much did I get beat by? Like that's that's not a valid nobody can, doesn't matter. Like like it's not a valid measurement. But like did yeah. I learn how to do a thing? Did I learn how to manage uh, my model placement so that my weak models don't get don't get pulled away from the rest of my team and, and taken out? No. That's that's a concept and that's that's growth. Hundred percent. Excellent. All right. Um, if I wanted to go from one to five to five to one with rat catchers, how can I accomplish this? Oh, I got Chris? this one in the bag. Yeah. All right. So check this up. Get time machine, right? And you go back to like the first month of release when nobody knew who had to do against them, and play then. <laughs> Excellent. I, think I thought what you should realistic. do. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought what you're supposed to do is um, just win the roll off every time because you're a minor guild, kick and just uh, and then just kick in like kick literally on the corner and hope that your you know your opponent can't deal with that and you could just push all their models off the board. Oh yeah, I, man. I think that relies on the first month clause. <laughs> I don't know. I think you'd be surprised. I I played into uh, who was it? Who was uh, he's gonna? If he's listening, he's gonna be mad at me. I played on Vassal against. It might have been Nicholas. It was somebody 
it was somebody good from your playing rat catchers. So if I messed up and it was it probably I, I'm just, it probably was, but it could have been somebody else. I and I apologize if it was somebody else. I've had a decent amount of uh, scotch this evening, um, but anyway, nice. like I saw, like it's it, it, yes, there are limitations to the team. There are poor matchups, etc. But uh, I don't know. There's there there is definitely if you get if you get down like what they do and you do a good job like you do chris despite your uh you know ragging on yourself or your your you know uh putting yourself down about it like they do threaten stuff and again does it mean that you couldn't get maybe have more success with another guild sure but um i don't know there's definitely some strategies you can employ to uh to get yourself out of the dan white one five gutter Speaking Aww. of the other guild to do things with, um, <laughs> what Go a ahead. freaking segue. Yeah. Uh, Ycan Rawl, I have no idea if I pronounced that right. Uh, in your personal opinions, do you think it's better for a person to pick up a stronger team and use the team's power to produce strong results, or for a player who likes for an example, Brewers, to push through the poor matchups. Give a pro and con to each, please. Uh, Glenn, what, did you have thoughts on this? Yeah, or... yeah, I'll, I'll jump yeah, into this one first. Uh, okay, so I think the most important thing about any guild choice is that the guild matches, uh, it fits your kind of mental model of how you want Your to play, play style. Yes, Come your, on, your, that your was a great style. segue for our okay. class. Okay, sorry, sorry. If, it, if it's your mental model of how you want to play the game or your play style, uh, and that is more important than anything. I think that the place where people get the most hung up, and I think Brewers is actually distinctly uh, susceptible to this, is people who choose a guild based on aesthetic preference rather than on play style or on power level. Um, for me, moving my opponent's models is how I learned how to play minis games. I played Ron in War Machine, and so therefore that was his gimmick was moving opposing models. So when I got to when I got to Guild Ball, I found Hammer, and it's like, oh, this is like a battle mage, but like really, really strong. Okay, cool. Uh, I know how this works. I know how beatback works. I know how pushing things around works. Like I'm just going to take all that knowledge I've already got and have thing things I already like to do and leverage it. Um, and yeah, you just I think that's the most important part. Like if they're really strong. Like, if they're really weak, you're just getting started. You're going to lose a lot anyway. Like, find something that you can leverage existing things you know you like or find a new thing you like. Um, but if you pick something based purely on aesthetic preference, I feel like that's that's the most likely road to disappointment. Mm. Chris? Um, this was very relevant to something I had said earlier. And... People gave me a lot of not crap about it because it's just Discord and no, and that doesn't carry tone. Um, but I think that if your goal is to win more games or tournaments or something, then yes, switch to a better team. If your goal is to get the most out of the team that you like, then no maintain the team you're on because i think that you can get a lot more like me personally i've uh played fish and all these other yellow jank teams 
for a while and uh i dipped my toes in the brewers a little bit and so i know fish and rat catchers like the back of my hand but uh with brewers i don't and after vet decimate came out i knew just enough that i was getting better performance out of playing veteran decimate than i was getting out of playing rat catchers or fish so i think that like Honestly, you can piggyback off the power level of a guild pretty easily. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to answer with that. I'm going to disagree with you slightly, but also like kind of agree with you. I'm going to say the answer is it's actually it really I'm going to give a non-answer. It depends. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But here is what I'm going to say. I think the better choice for it depends on what the player's um, skill level is going into this scenario. So yes. a player who is on the lower end, and when I say lower end, I don't mean that you're bad, but like newer, less experienced, or or worse, you know, less skilled at the game to anywhere up to a pretty high level. Um, like I'd say anywhere. So if you're anywhere between, um, anywhere between. 0 and X and X and 1, you will get more out of... Um, you will probably get quicker results out of picking up a stronger team. Obviously, you might get to a couple of wins that you wouldn't get before, um, but generally you'll get better results in terms of skill building if you find a team that when uh, that fits your playstyle. I think that's an important part. Not just that you like because you like the aesthetics, but you actually like the playstyle. And learning the matchups, learning how to play the guilt, and learning the skills that come along with that, will you'll progress as a player quicker. Because one of the things that could be match, uh, maxed by a, a really good competitive team is some of those good competitive teams can be really good because they have a very low skill floor. Um, all you have to do is do the obvious things and you will win. So you never really develop the skills to do the less obvious things and win when it becomes, you know, not just those obvious things don't work as easily as they did. Um, yeah. So if you are a novice to intermediate to even like above intermediate player, like just going below X and one play, find a guild that matches your play style and the way you like to play, maybe some consideration to power level. Like I wouldn't, throw somebody onto falconers right now if they're ready to go competitive <laughs> but like you know anything any, most of the guilds are close enough in power level where it doesn't really matter um so i'd say like pick any of the for example right now pick any of the major guilds um play them if they make and make sure that they m- meet your play style if they do learn how to win with that guild when you Don't find yourself shares. starting to yeah once you start hitting a plateau <laughs> Then you can consider whether or not that is a plateau that is a limit of your team. Like, have you hit the ceiling for your team or started to get closer to hitting the ceiling for your team? In that case, if you want to continue to get better and get better results, yeah, pick up a better team. But um, generally start, I'd say, with the other way around. Yeah, I want to I want to add like an asterisk to yeah. that one. Also, don't pick engineers right now. Uh, but oh, yeah. to yeah, sorry. <laughs> any major <laughs> guild except for engineers, um, uh, Longshanks numbers only tell part of the story, uh, and that's 
very true for like guild results. Like like yes, hunters and morticians and butchers are all very powerful. No one's going to contest that. Which one are is going to result in you doing better? That depends a lot on how good you are at this game already. Because the skill floor on butchers is much lower than this well, sorry, much higher than the skill floor on morticians. Like, morticians, if you don't know what you're doing, aren't going to do anything. Like, and butchers, if you don't know what you're doing, you're still probably going to wreck some faces. Like, you may not win, but the, ch- the distance from you being rather noob to, like, actually doing well is shorter than it is, like, w- you know, with butchers than I would say that it is with morticians. Um, and so there's some, there's some aspects there that aren't, like, evident. Uh, and I think there's a whole podcast on that topic, like that we can't go into now. But um, that's worth it's worth considering. It's why I think like farmers and blacksmiths, and especially farmers, are like a bad first guild because they're so mechanically complicated. Like to just play them at par, you have to like do all of these things just right, um, with, like harvest marker placement and stuff. Um, sure. So I, I think there's there's an aspect of power level that is like how accessible is that power. You know, is that power available to me as soon as I get it, or is that power available to me after I put six months of work in? Yeah, certainly. <clears throat> because Excellent. in six months there might be an there's going to be an errata, <laughs> like, yeah. you know, like in, in, inevitably. <laughs> so, um. um, all right. Let's see. Um, we're gonna skip over a couple of questions in there. Uh, Kevin Stewart from the dungeon uh asks a couple of questions community seems to be talking about a lot about other games discuss why and if there's anything and catching your interest i has do you have you guys noticed this i haven't really noticed people talking about other games other than the brits always talking about uh warhammer um and that's just because like they've been you know there's it's like some sort of plague um it's it's something to do with imperialism yeah, um, but have you noticed that? Because um, I, I have. Are you are you aware of the country you live in? <laughs> I think you were trying um, to throw shade, but it's kind of... yeah. Is there any? Are there any games that are catching your guys' interest? For me, the answer is not really. I'm gonna go to the biggest infinity tournament um, that I uh, have typically gone to because, as you guys, if you've listened to the cast before, I definitely have said that I started. Well, not started. I my previous competitive game for like five years was infinity. Um, I am going back to the big, uh, big tournament, which is the rumble on route 66 in Albuquerque, partially because, uh, my wife's family is from there. So it's always good to just go and, you know, visit. Um, but also just to see people. Uh, but other than that, I haven't even played a game of infinity in a while. So like, I'm just, I'm just going to go there and have some fun, but, um, nothing's been, I've been all guild ball all the time. So, Uh I have, I think occasionally in our meta and more me and like my, my closer friends, we've talked about when we get really frustrated with the game or Steam Forge or whatever, um, we've talked about like Aristea, but we've like still haven't even yeah. bought it. Like, so, Aristea's so fun. Uh, and we, I mean, we like also several of us like did back God Tier, but I don't have a lot of hope for that game. <laughs> Maybe I'll be. Maybe I'll be proven wrong, but um, 
I, I bought it already anyway, so... Yeah, same. Yeah. I, I'm pretty much the same boat, but, I mean, as long as I get my Crystal Goblins and Sneaky Pete, I'm okay. Uh, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't buy it with any aspects of it, like, being a game I want to play. Oh, it, it was for the hobby aspect. No, 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 no. It wasn't like a, a doubt, because I honestly haven't looked at any of the gameplay. Yeah. It was just I wanted to paint these specific things. No, I, um, I'm just I, the all man was. I feel like we're getting to the point where it's just like, like I just I'm just feeling like down for Steamforged. Like it's just right. like there's so much like negative, like bad press and everything around it. It's just like, yeah. Oh, at this oh, point, man. I'm getting kind of tired of it as well. <laughs> I'm just like it's, it's, it's earned. It's 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 also like, earned. Like most most like, of it's uh, earned, it, but it, like still. But, <laughs> but it's like at least put a comedic twist to your complaints a little bit. Well, so here's the thing, though. I, I I do get that that's happened, but I think people seem to have a really short memory. Um, like this cycle of like things going up and down in terms of like hype level and in terms of like Steamforge uh, being super on the ball about things and things like not going according to plan has literally been happening since the game has started, um, or at right. least as, since I've gotten into the game, like. This literally same conversation was happening, I think, around the same time last year about various like things not going according to plan. So people think like, oh, yeah, this is all going bad. It's always negative for Steamforge. It's like, sure, but this happened last year. And then some really great releases came out and everybody was super hype. And everybody still is, by the way. I mean, at least from my opinion, is that everybody's really hype about the game because it's in a really great spot. The only thing that people have been frustrated about is the... <laughs> like literal disasters of of getting products uh to shelves um but like that happened stuff like that whether it's that or something else has happened um before and like it just it's just cycles like so yeah we'll have this and then some good stuff will happen and everybody will forget about it and they'll be talking about that like just don't get people get way too caught up into it and way too invested like mo- emotionally invested in small aspects of it um, and that's not throwing shade at you uh, for not getting your navigators, Chris. But <laughs> yeah, I, I, I was more upset about the Long Island incident. Yeah, see, that's um, that's something than, to get than upset I was at. In the, yeah, but yeah. <laughs> uh, to answer Kevin's question and move on to the next part of the question, uh, yes, I've been supplementing my guild ball with uh, board gaming. Uh, predominantly scythe right now because I've just uh, about nice. got everything. Cool. Um, yeah. And I've been thinking of like dipping my toes back into uh, magic in just a casual EDH form. But that's it. Okay. Uh, I forgot one. I did. I did pick up L5R. Like totally casual, but like uh-huh. just just it's an LCG, so it's not. I was like, I'm not going back to like collectible card games or anything. Yeah. Right. But it's it's a it's a good game. Yeah, I played it. It's fun. I I tried it. I don't think it actually held my interest too much. I still have all the stuff, but I haven't played in a little while. But yeah, there's yeah. some games that I play. Like, and I also do board gaming. But I think that's a for me that's a separate thing. I usually do board yeah. gaming. Like that's a social. with yeah, exactly. Um, what was I gonna say? There was oh man, Chris, when you said it, I, I had it. Um, Which one, ah, Scythe? No, uh, there. Doesn't matter. Not not super important. Yeah, I was doing some board gaming, doing some other stuff, but uh, gotcha. I picked up some key keyforge uh, uh, decks just to see what it would be like. Uh, it was fun. 
it was cool yeah, that I could it, it was neat. like spend ten dollars and just play a game and it it felt it's, real it's fun it's like it's I think it's a cool game to like I'm at the game store with some friends and we don't want to play any of our other games what do we want to do well, let's just all buy a keyforge deck and just well, grab it and play it I've spent negative sixty dollars on keyforge because I bought one deck and then my friend bought like 10 and he pulled one of those four horseman decks and he's just like oh i pulled one of those thingies that people are liking online i'm like oh dude sell it he's like uh you can sell it for me and just get a cut give me a cut of the share if you want wait sure wait the decks with the four horsemen are are worth money uh at one at least went, uh like last month yeah i sold it for 80 bucks oh shit i have one of them i've only <laughs> bought i've only bought two but one of them has four horsemen in it so apparently i have some money sitting all right nice. um what parts of gilball do we actually like uh for me basically all of it other than maybe production stuff but like the actual game it's awesome yeah, that- End of the end of the day, we can, we can get we can get mad, and and I think some people get mad because it's like, oh, they do they do a job that's similar to what Steamforge is doing, or similar to an aspect of what Steamforge is doing. And they're like, like why can't why can't you guys get this right? Like, you know, I, I know how to do this. Like, you can't get it right. And it's like Steamforge is a small company; they probably can't even afford to hi- to hire somebody at your level, like to do that like specialized task. They have like people doing like multiple roles and stuff. So yeah, yeah I wish yeah I wish they were better at it. Yeah, some of the stuff is a little laughable. Like, don't get me wrong. But end of the day, small company still makes the best game, honestly, that you're gonna play. That's a minis game. Um, that's you know, Aristea's Yeah, I I hundred percent agree with that. I think Guild Ball is the best polished game. Like yeah. I think Infinity for me is another one that gets close, but it's not as polished. Like, and that's just the nature of the way the rule set is written. And yeah. obviously, everybody has their own opinion. But like, yeah, man, I'm. This again, no shade. Although I threw, do throw this at the Warhammer people all the time. But like, I remember back to when I was in, you know, like eight years ago when I was in college and I was playing 40k Fifth Edition, and I I had fun when I played that. But like, just thinking of the difference in terms of like the design complexity yeah. and like intent, like clarity. quality, yeah. yeah, quality of the game design from Guild Ball to like Fifth Edition 40k is like, it's like when you it's like when you play monopoly for the first time as a board game and you're like oh my god i love this and then like fast forward you're an adult and you play twilight imperium for the first time (laughs) it's just like what was Uh, i doing what is monopoly (laughs) you picked like two bad games though um oh get out of here (laughs) Um, i love twilight imperium (laughs) so uh i will say like what we do like those things about like gb like this isn't the question, but the one thing I wish they would do is put some kind of shot clock on the ball. Like, that's what they've got to do. Because the, the, the one failing, I do think Chicago is right about this. The one real failing of Guild Ball is that there's no forced interactivity. Uh, and, you know, for teams like Mason's especially, like, if you don't have the ball, you're kind of screwed sometimes. So, yeah, I think um, there's a cre- some creative ways that they could use the clock and other... Yeah. things like that to possibly fix that like but like pat, who yeah. am i so yeah i mean pat's whole idea of moving up the line behind which you do not generate momentum like every turn that you have the ball i think was the best idea i've heard so far but they i think that's the fundamental flaw of the game that they need to fix 
and of right. course, like actually ship product. But <laughs> I think what parts of GB do we actually like? To me, the rest of it. <laughs> uh, that moment when you're down on points and you need to pull off a thirty percenter to win the game. And yeah. that last roll, right before it leaves your hand, that is the best part of Guild Ball oh, ever. Nice. Getting that adrenaline pumping. All right, we're gonna. I'm gonna skip his last question and move on because we have like 20 more. But right, we're yeah. gonna just brush yeah. through some of them. Lightning round. Let's let's lightning uh, round these. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right. Richard Scott Shore, one of my locals from Long Island, asks, "Why does Watch the World Burn feel like a trap when I'm playing Alchemist?" Uh, the answer is it isn't. Um, however, like just like you have to not. You don't want to necessarily use it every single. Like yeah, I got six momentum from it. Oh, but now smoke is way out of place. Um, we could get into a whole com- topic of conversation as to how you should play alchemist. Should you play the super non-interactive way? Should you play more aggressive? Um, I, not the purpose of this, but obviously the more aggressive you want to play like the more gold scoring or just the more aggressive uh, kind of interactive play style you want to play Alchemist, which I think people are successful with, the more you get out of Watch the World Burn. I think pretty pretty simply. Would you rather fight one avarice-sized greed or ten greed-sized avarices? Ten greed-sized avarices, like hands down. One avarice-sized greed's terrifying concept. Just like that I is- would- like my brain would break before I even got into the fight. Like, right, that's a really big head. <laughs> you're, we're talking about you're you're not fighting one average sized greed. You're fighting Modok. <laughs> Basically, yeah. Nice. Um, Paul from uh, my life. Oh no, I skipped Alex. Uh, Alex Vian. That, that's who no, asked that. Was... Oh, he did. Okay, so yeah. Paul uh, asks. Um, what tweak to season brisket would bump the team up slightly? We actually talked about this in another ca- uh, cast. It was something doing something with um to with her with a plum uh to make it like was it maybe it was plus two points or something like that. I, I think um, some something would be centered around with a plum. That's kind of her signature ability to me. Yeah, and right now it's just kind of like oh yeah, I get an extra point. Woo! It like and and you have to invest so much into it. Either make it easier for her to hit, or make hitting it like super rewarding. Like ah right. oh, sweet, I just got a six point activation. I only need two goals. If I can set up two with the plum goals, I win the game. <laughs> yeah, um, that would be pretty sweet. I don't know, might be too strong, but that like plays into the fact of like keeping her weaknesses while making her strengths more strengthy. Um, more strengthy. Yeah. <laughs> Pete Kane uh, is Glenwood man or machine? Uh, definitely, definitely man with all the faults included. Awesome. <laughs> well, but all the love. <laughs> Trying. John Zermati asks, "Honor for one month? Are you ready to play Mortician?" Uh, uh, yes. Okay, I'm ready to play anything else. I am sticking to this. So this is my. This is a smart goal slash punishment, I guess. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I I get it, and I hate it. Um, <laughs> and, and and my main my main thing my main thing was if I get stuck in a situation where I feel like she's the only option, can I at least feel confident enough dropping her in a tournament? That was my goal. Um, uh-huh. And 
Uh, yes, I can say that I do feel confident enough dropping her in a tournament. Do I want to? Absolutely not. Um, am I ready to play Morticians if I had them painted? Sure. But uh, really, I'm just ready to go back to, to Hammer. Jared uh. McGraw. <clears throat> if Honor worked in a Steamforge Games warehouse, would it make a difference? I, I would feel worse because I feel like <laughs> I, was hurting, I, was, I was hurting someone's feelings. So I would probably be a little well, more guarded. So wait, but, but if Honor was, I, I don't know how Honor would be able to work in a warehouse because that feels like, I mean, I guess it's, it's you know, the UK, so different uh, labor laws, but I don't think, you know, she would be that safe in a warehouse with that cane. And She'd a be, dog. Uh, like, so current, current Honor would be on some sort <laughs> oh, of disability. yeah, yeah. Um, but if I say it was previous, so the, the, the Honor that I'm playing is pre, pre, uh, like accident, <laughs> let's say, um, pre-shanking i guess uh like uh, uh if it was based on a real person i think i actually would feel a little worse when i said bad things about them all <laughs> so i'm kind of glad it's fully fictional <laughs> like but like boiler is based on like matt hart's son so i think if i was just like trash talking boiler i'd feel a little bad about it <laughs> and like thresher is like based on like bryce's dad so like also <laughs> All right, um, Alex Vian again asks us: Shouldn't the goal of a soccer beam to be, a game to be to score goals? It's like, yes, but this isn't a soccer game; it's a rugby game with violence. It's a uh, there's there's like that. This uh, is a guild ball it, game. No, yes, but there's a there's a game. There's some kind of like Renaissance era or something like that um, game that they play. Um, is it Blood Bowl? No, 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 no. <laughs> Oh, I uh, in Florence, what you're talking about? Um, yeah. it is called uh, it is called the next question. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> say, uh, it's called the Florent. It, no, it's called the Florentine Kick Game or Calcio. But yeah, there it's like uh, some ancient style of like rugby esque game. Somebody was describing it to me the other day and it's basically guild ball but no weapons allowed so uh yeah that's what guild ball is based on you should look that up uh it's pretty violent it's great (laughs) johnny how many guild ball players will you lift this year and do you think you could manage a pair yes um yes i can manage a pair and you know what as many as give me consent to lift up because consent, active okay. consent, is an important yes. thing. It is. It is. Reach. All right. Good answer. Um, uh, we're gonna skip Lon's question because he. <laughs> oh no no! I wanted to po- answer that. I wanted to. All right, fine. That. Please Go do. Ahead. What are your well, hopes for 2019 product releases? Uh, my hopes are that I do not end up in a pocket of time in which I do not have a minor guild and also cannot make a union pick. So like the fish? <laughs> yeah, like, okay, fair point. I, I don't want that to happen to Masons. Uh, you let me play snakeskin up until I get replacements. <laughs> yep. Excellent. Um, let's see. John Stokes asks us, don't we have something better to do on a Friday night? Uh, no. Uh me and Glenwood are married. Glenwood has a kid. What are we gonna do on a Friday night? We're both older. Yes. <laughs> I'm not. I mean, I'm not older compared to maybe our listeners, but 
Uh, uh, I'm, I'm older. <laughs> yeah, but you look young. I might go anyway. to a tournament tomorrow, but I'm pretty much a loser tonight. Yeah, Except on go. this podcast with my friends. Aw, oh, yeah. Uh, will Glenwood ever talk about another guild besides Mason's? Uh, I do I do talk about Mortician some. But, yeah, okay. I mean, I, yeah, I kind of like, I mean, when it comes to Mason's, there's like two or three folks who are in the U.S. who are like really experienced with Mason's and talk about them. And I kind of like enjoy being able to talk about a specific thing at a high level. So Wait, who are I the focus. two or three people? I want some call-outs, besides yourself. Um, oh my god, I forgot his name. Hang on. I gotta checking statistics real quick. Oh, is it... Uh, uh, the guy from Tennessee. The, Tennessee, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, it. no, is no it offense Mar- to you. Is it Mark? Uh, is his name Mark? No. Uh, A- Adam? No. Oh my god, I'm sorry, uh, my on, friend. Hang on. <laughs> We've played multiple <laughs> times, including <laughs> at SteamCon. Joshua Nichols. Uh, I've never played oh, him. I've, I've there's been another, a there is another guy from Tennessee who plays Masons, like, too. So there's Joshua Nichols, uh, Mark Mortieri, who I did play at Second Wind. Um, Zach Gray, obviously, still like has a high uh, Masons ranking. And you like have a lot of experience with Masons uh, as well. So like there's oh. a lot of people who can, who can I think... Go ahead. Go for it. No, no. I was, saying, there's was, a lot just, of people I was can... just going to complain. <laughs> so oh, go that, that left somebody off or something. And, and there's a no, course, like, I was gonna complain. Damn it, we keep talking over it. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I was gonna complain that I lost my uh, all my Masons games. It was sad. <laughs> yeah, well, they all fell off. Yeah, they all fell. Um, off. And I, 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 there's a value in breadth, and there's a value in depth. And I am a person who very much enjoys uh, going very deep on a topic, and so that carries over to many things in my life. And like getting more and more refined with something, as long as I feel like there's room for growth there, that's something I like to do. Amazing. Uh, best six with vet honor. Uh, so Thresher, vet mascot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, this threw me off. threw me off. Thresher, mascot, vet honor, plowman. Um. Uh, we're at what four now? Uh, Wendell, and then the last one can either be Jack Straw, although that's a little planter heavy, or I don't know another Reaper. Any of them are good. I think Zach's question is good. Go How would it. you recommend setting a series of goals for a new player who knows the rules but is trying to improve and get to a competitive level? I don't have an answer for it. I just thought it was a good question. <laughs> I... Learn your threat ranges. Learn your playbooks. Uh, that way you can make quicker decisions. And try and stick with your team long enough that you can learn the really niche plays that will save you uh, in a game that you had no business winning. Um, I was going to go a different, uh, slightly different route. I was going to say, kind of like you said, but pick different skills that whether it's positioning or clock management or uh you know knowing your your more specifically like knowing playbooks um and stuff like that knowing threat ranges pick those like specific discrete skills and improve each of those as you go through um and just get better at each one until you've like felt like you've gotten to a like a pretty decent spot and once you've gotten all like a 
broad range of those skills improve to a decent spot, you will be see it like a yeah, you'll see it a lot better. Yeah, I so I just basically second that like concepts is like yeah, like that, that's what matters is concepts. Um, we have a couple more questions, but some of them I, I feel bad because I'm gonna like cut off most of Dixon's, but um. What is the most honorable? What is the most honorable thing Glenwood has done in a go ball game? Oh, I can. Can I answer this? Sure. Okay. You clocked yourself by being too, uh, too clean. I do. I do that frequently. Well, yeah, That's... but you did it. What was it? Was it SteamCon? Uh, no, no feel... SteamCon. So that, that was a that was a different thing. Steam SteamCon oh, okay. was a was a round timer thing. Uh, that I'm oh, to okay. Yeah. I, but I feel I, like... I, I have I have absolutely that I, I over precision of movement. Like you know what? I think that then that was at that was at Spring Fling then because it, it, it was one yeah. where I was at it and I watched you play and you were there was a game that was like yours to win, but you were just you were taking so long in like making sure everything was super clean that you just ran out of time. Yeah, that was <laughs> that was that was a game against Dixon, uh, and then it, there it, you it, go. It, we got him in. Yeah, we got him in. We got him in. I actually want to answer his question, though, because that's the last one there. Um, Which one? He says, uh, Dixon at the bottom. Oh, that's not the last one. Sorry, his no, first question. No, there's more. I, yeah, I had to scroll down. Okay, is tough hide and stoic the reason you don't see honor? No. The reason you don't see honor is her playbook is bad. Like, And specifically, it has, a sec- <laughs> it has a second column. It has a second column that is amazing. The first column feels awful because if you hit it and the person doesn't have the ball, you don't get any momentum. She's tacked six instead of seven. Um, her other stuff is like game breakingly good. Don't get me wrong; like her turn one, her turn two are amazing. Turn three and on is just whoa. Um, but it, the problem is if you roll two net hits or you roll five net hits or six net hits, it kind of doesn't matter. It's just like the second column is the only one that exists. Her, her playbook is a throwback to, like, season one, and they yeah. really need to revamp it. Well, so here's the thing. You just have to get yourself set up in situations where all you care about is the second column and just hit the second column every time and make that reliable and you're, you're golden. <laughs> the, pro- the problem is is she's only tax six, so as soon as you're, like, down one die due to cover, there's reasonable odds you don't hit the second column. Yeah, so and don't. She- don't get into that situation. <laughs> Stop doing that. So play against terrible opponents who never no, defend just, them. Okay. Just be better than them. Okay. Um, I, I think that's... I think, that, yeah. To me, that's the pain point. That's the true pain point. Sure. It's, it's, it's the book. It's the book. Just fix the book. Sure. I mean, I what I would say is Honor has better... Um, I think Honor has worse fundamentals than hammer and like worse just like basic stats like clearly um oh yeah, other, yeah. hammer's a bag but, of stats man yeah yeah so <laughs> like she starts off worse on that front but then the rest of her card is so much better than hammer's in my opinion it that uh it brings her far back but like you have to overcome the the fact that he is a much better he's starting off from a much better spot in terms of stats uh, yeah one other point I want to make is that team, the team, not the captain, the rest of the team, does so much of the lifting now. I will say the captain, like, I don't get in captain arguments anymore. Like, my distaste for honor is mostly a weird affectation at this point. Like, 
it doesn't matter. Like, the rest of the team is just so good that, like, as long as the captain has the potential to spend six influence with a damage buff on them, whether they cast it themselves or got it cast on them, like, it's, you're just, it's different flavors at this point. Um, okay, For he asked, for goal setting, you should be able to switch goals mid-game, so my question is, how does this affect your list building? Do you, does anybody else want to answer that one? I actually don't have a because I'm not a hundred percent. If you could switch goals mid game, sure. I, make like, sure switch goal posts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. I, I think that's I, what I, he's saying. Like, you should no. <laughs> there you go. That's it. I yeah, mean, I, switch, I, I, I read it as an I read it as an absurd question. Like he's yeah. asking this absurd question of like you should be able to lol. Here's a goal thing. You should be able to switch goals in the middle of the game. Well, how would that change your list building? I feel like um, that's not what Dixon was asking. But you know what? We're gonna just move. Um, all right. How do you you you've, you've already talked about how you feel as beautiful as a trait, uh, uh-huh. and what are you gonna do when the miner for Masons is released? You're just gonna hope that there's not a point where you don't have the miner. <laughs> I, I'm gonna hope that I'm, there's not a point where I don't I don't have a union pick at all. Yeah, or or a miner. Um, we've got two models from the miner that will eventually be released. We've got Champ. Um, there's an option that something good is out there. <coughs> Flint's not awful. Yeah. Uh, and and I'll, I'll uh, play to the home crowd here. Mallet, also a reasonable selection in certain matchups. Woo! Um, yeah, man. So, <laughs> do, do I think the miner is going to drive me away? No. I think Snakeskin's the best six player, but I think the six player still matters the least. Um, and then he also asks, is Oh, Harmony getting... <coughs> Plus two tack and plus two plus two kick better if we adjust her book to four deep. I think you know what I would love if O Harmony just got <laughs> Bet Harmony's playbook and maybe not Bet Harmony's I, playbook is hot fire. Like, I love yeah. that playbook. <laughs> yeah. So imagine uh, imagine an O Harmony that um, and maybe you know what maybe we can combine his suggestion too that an O Harmony that maybe had slightly better base stats but still had family but family was. Um, yeah, I, family even could be the same. Doesn't really matter. But like, if she had family, she'd be a tax six model with uh O Harmony with uh Vet Harmony's playbook. Yeah, that'd be pre- like that would be pretty sweet. Family needs to get her to the point where she's got a Brewer's book, not uh, get yeah. her to parody. Like exactly. it gets her to parody, and like this is the thing: Honor and O Harmony are still stuck in season one. The book design, like. All that stuff. It's just like, no, come on. You've made better stuff now. You figured this out. Come on, give give some love. Uh, like, but yeah, what no, if- I if she had, I think if she had Vet Harmony's book, that would be pretty. That would be pretty sweet. One of the biggest changes I, w- I would want on Honor, honestly, is just make swap the momentum from on the first column from the tackle to the damage. Like, no, but that's not going to happen because it's. I mean, yes, there are there is two Masons or, with or momentous ch- one. But <laughs> there's there's three. Oh, there's, there's three. three. There is three. There is three. There is three. They should um, all have it. If if you're gonna put if you're gonna bottle but more of their, their momentum, mo- every I don't think is there a model in Masons without a momentous tackle. Yes. Uh, is Vet it Harmony. granite? Oh oh brick Vet brick brick Vet Harmony granite. Um, at least those. I don't know. I think they're bricks right. is well, they're... momentous actually. Oh, it is it? Momentous. Okay, nice. so it's granite. Granite's on four. I usually it, get the ball. It's with granite, granite by vet harmony. 
and that's it. Okay. I I don't know. They're not gonna they're not gonna change that though. That's very iconic. Uh, their momentous tackle on the, like the, Okay, so if they won't do that, then the, the they could just the make them. On... They could just make the one momentous. Ma- then yeah, they, that should, would f- they should make the one momentous. <laughs> and the put and the push dodge on three needs to be a one damage push dodge. That would be pretty sweet. Because <laughs> that's that's what Vet Chisel has on three. Yeah, yeah as yeah. well. Like that's 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 not unprecedented. If they She's gave her that, the same armor, yeah, yeah. Like if they gave her that, I think that would fix her book enough that I'd feel a lot better about playing her. But right now. Yeah, you, uh, you get one net hit, and your stomach just sinks. Yeah. <laughs> Feels so bad. Um, all right, that was all our questions, yep. more or less. If we missed your question, well, too bad. Yeah, he'll just <laughs> ask it again. I'll apologize. These two might not. <laughs> we, de- we definitely will not. Wait, listen. You just I the only reason even I remember di- if I answered your question. The only <laughs> the only reason I didn't insult people on this one is because I I felt like you might get offended, Glenwood. So, um, <laughs> we, were, we were extra nice. This cast. It's not offended. It's disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. such a dad thing to say. I love it. <laughs> So uh, yeah, so I think with that we've been we've been a cast. Uh, you can probably expect to see to hear Glenwood on the cast for at least two more episodes before he gets lost to the ether. No, um, at most but... two more episodes. <laughs> yeah, at, sorry, at most, and then something will happen to him. <laughs> we don't know what it is. <laughs> uh, all right, all right. Good night, everybody. Good night. Night.